0: you gotta have a concept you have a great concept you guys are doing it man
1: and it's a it's an honor for me to just be you know a small rock man in your mountain i'm gonna pop a top in your honor mr doc walker
2: blessed us with his presence and now we want to welcome in our next special guest, Haley Skarupa. She's a three-time world champion in women's ice hockey and most recently won Olympic gold with Team USA. The
3: Caps Stadium Series is definitely my favorite, obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring you know our gold medals to, to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area and you could feel that there at that game
1: welcome to sports on the hill podcast hashtag dc sports without the politics with carol and robbie on true radio network That's right, it's Monday night, CP3, Robbie G coming to you live, Sports on the Hill podcast, True Radio Network, coming at you a little bit different tonight. Uh, we figured we'd start the show off, you know, figured everybody's heard about the uh, untimely passing of Dwayne Haskins at the young age of 24, so we were on a sort of tribute video that I just uh, played for him for before the show of his time here in Washington. And we just want to do a quick uh, reflection on this time and this whole crazy circumstance that hasn't been fully uh, explained yet and we're all wondering what's going on. But uh, we're definitely going to touch base on that, get to some capitals, some nationals. We actually have a live-looking game with the Nats right now. They're at 5-1 on Atlanta. In Atlanta, uh, Robbie's been checking the game out, so we're going to break down that live action and we're definitely going to talk basketball. And I believe the fellas are going to wrap up the NCAA championship and get their thoughts on uh, the outcome. But uh, before we get into all of that, I got to introduce my cohort and crime and buddy and uh, co host for the last seven years and six seasons of Sports of the Hill podcast, Robbie G, coming to you live from the man cave. What's going on, good sir?
2: i'm doing okay uh you know it's been a crazy week uh, for a lot of reasons uh i had to have a procedure done on my eye but i'm okay uh the doctors cleared me to to do the podcast i don't have to be on ir this week uh but uh um yeah it's been tough I and mean, we've had the ups of the capitals right and we've had the downs of the, obviously this haskins um you know, situation um you know just uh it's a really a, a bummer. I mean, I, I hate that we have to start on this topic, but I think that we'll, we'll talk about it at the top and then we'll get into some more lighthearted news. We'll talk a little bit of Capitals. The Nationals had a, a bit of a down week. Then they've had this resurgence over the last uh, couple of nights. Um, and then uh, we'll talk about the Wizards and uh, the end of their season. We'll also talk about the NBA playoffs in general Uh, a lot to break down. It'll be a a busy show. I know, um, uh, but let's get in. I I want you to like break down the story for people who don't know if somebody hasn't heard it first and then obviously your thoughts on it, Carol, and then uh, we'll uh, I'll give my take on it and then uh, we'll, we'll get into some capitals talk after that.
0: Yes. The
1: story still hasn't been confirmed. I've heard a couple of different scenarios. Uh, I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure we haven't heard uh, confirmed reports. What I've heard is that it's supposedly his car ran out of gas uh, on the interstate. Uh, he was walking the interstate, attempted to cross uh, 595, a major highway down there in Florida, and apparently was hit by a dump truck. Uh, that's all I know so far. I've reached out to some of my sources. No one you know, has had anything confirmed or know what's what. We had no more. You know, they probably, you know, the autopsy and the toxicology report. That was my biggest fear, that it might have been something related to drugs or alcohol. Hopefully not. Um, you know, say that his car ran the gas, because when I saw that, where the accident had happened, I watched the news report, and I couldn't understand why he could be able to interstate at all, because his car, there was no car you know, on the side of the road or anything. So, as of right now, I'm not going to speculate on anything. Just uh, you know, coming from what I've heard, that, like I said, it hasn't been confirmed, building
2: it's not. So I don't know what's what. But, uh, so they well, haven't recovered his car. His car wasn't there.
1: Uh, I haven't really had a chance to check with anybody today because you know, I was at work.
0: And uh, yeah,
2: like- I haven't heard any story about any car ever being recovered in any of the in any of the reports. But obviously, initially there was all this talk about maybe he ran out of gas, maybe you know his car broke down. Uh, but why would you ever leave your car? I mean, I'd hope that he'd have a cell phone with him. It's just—it's a very—I mean, if you...
1: The morning. Yeah, it just something. I'm just waiting for the you know the official stuff to come out because when I heard it, because it was—I think I heard it around 10, 11 o'clock. I was uh, selling cars, and someone of the salesman came and asked me, "Had I heard?" And apparently, it was seven o'clock in the morning. Was down there doing some football training, and um, yeah, it's just.
2: Yeah. I just don't understand how he's on the side of the road and whether he had a car or anything. There's just so many questions. Uh, but obviously, I mean, the story is, I mean, that he's passed and he was such a talent, right? I mean, this is a guy that I had followed, you know, back, uh, in his Ohio state, you know, days, um, you know, he was a really, uh, yeah, a gifted guy he came out of this area, you know, he, Duke is right. or not Duke. Um, uh Bullis, uh is right around the corner of uh from uh, where my school is right now and uh uh you know obviously he was drafted highly sought after we had high hopes for him it didn't pan out but he was gonna he's getting another chance with pittsburgh and i was hoping he was gonna make the most of it and it's just a really obviously a tragic and sad um situation all around yeah, it was definitely unfortunate. Um... His time here was, you know,
1: short. Unfortunately, he was in a situation dealing with the coach that pretty much didn't want him in the first place, didn't really set him up for success. I, I felt I saw the potential there, but he had some maturing to do and, you know, developing to do. being a one-year starter at Ohio State, putting up great numbers. You know, I don't follow college, but I just would and you know, look to see as I heard, you know, the one season he had how great it was. Thirteen and one. 590 completions, uh, 700 uh, attempts, 5,396 jobs, 54 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. That's, yeah, I saw that. I was like, wow. I said, now I understand why, you know, he was taking that high only having one year to start it. Because that's that's a hell of a potential right there. You get him to the pros, let him develop and see what he can do, if he can do that in one year as a starter taking the starter reps and, you know, doing the prep work, even though college is in the NFL, you know, that's my biggest argument. But um, yeah, it's just sad that, you know, 24 years old, same age that Sean Taylor passed at, which is crazy. And, um, you know, everyone saw the potential. He was I always said that if he got to the right place, he got a chance to mature as a quarterback, you know, he could possibly take that step to be an NFL quarterback. And he was uh, about to get that chance in Pittsburgh with uh, Roethlisberger retiring. They picked up Trubisky, but he would have had a chance to, you know, show what he had learned and developed and gotten hopefully better with his craft. But unfortunately, his uh, life was cut short. He was uh, a month, a uh, little less than a month, uh, about to be t- turned 25 on the 3rd of May. And uh, fortunately, this young man is uh, no longer with us. Praise go out to his family. He said he and his sister were very close, and they said that she's taking it very, very hard and you know, off with his parents. And uh it's just, uh, sad to see, it's sad to hear a story like this. Uh, you know, young folks pass away every day, but, you know, when you an athlete and you watch them mature, I like would say you watch them at Ohio State. Um, you know, I still follow them in the pros, even though they didn't really get much playing time. But
0: yeah,
1: it's just sad to see someone so young, talented, there was so much potential and so much more life to live to be taken so short and under these questionable and un- not understandable circumstances.
2: Yeah, it's so, I just, I couldn't believe it when I heard the news. It's just the whole thing. There's just, there's so much more to this story. Well, obviously the second that we find it out, we'll share it on the podcast page, facebook.com slash sports where we share all the breaking news. Um, and uh, if, I know some people just watch the show weekly or listen to the podcast later, but if they ever need breaking news we definitely always share it on our facebook page we also share stuff to our instagram and twitter uh, sportsothp.com you can click on the social media button and get all of our socials both carols and my personal ones as well as the show socials as well um but uh, there's not a lot more to say about dwayne haskins and rest in peace and uh, we you know our thoughts go out to the families uh, but any more news we get we'll definitely let you guys all know about that but uh, for now, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about some happier news, and uh, we're going to bring in our uh, hockey correspondent, uh, Anna Knox, uh, fresh back from spring break. And um, how, how was your break, Anna? And how are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. Uh, that was a hard segment to do. I'm. I'm uh, there's nothing worse than than hearing about a young athlete with so much potential uh tragically passing away. And I'm truly sorry to hear that and hope oh you hope his family is healing, but I that must be yes. I can't yes. even imagine. Yeah. Um how do you even switch gears? <laughs> I know. I'm
2: sorry that we have to start that way. It's just, um, you know, that's podcasts. We talk about it the is. good and the bad, right? You know, it's not. I know. And then we get to switch to a perfect week for the Capitals, right? You know, so yeah. like, the Capitals did um, did very well. Um, uh, I'll ask you real quickly did you have a good spring break before we uh, get into Capitals talk?
3: I did. I did. Thank you. We had a, a staycation which was fine because we wound up, um, exploring places in this area that I didn't even know existed. So that's always fun. And, um, yeah, slept, read a book and, uh, just was able to enjoy the sun when it was out. Uh, and when it rained, um, you know, just kind of stayed inside and, and read. Nice.
2: We have such, such great opportunities in the Washington DMV area that uh, I, I know what you're saying. I, I never take advantage enough of this area, except for like when people travel or I take a staycation, as you said. So uh, I'm happy that you got that opportunity to enjoy uh, this area. Let's uh, switch gears. Um, got a lot of great games. I mean, Carol and I were praying for a three and a week. I'll be honest. I was not <laughs> feeling it Carol last week. I was like, man, I was going to be super excited if we got, Two of them. It's a tough, tough week. All three teams are playoff opponents. Um, and um, there's not a lot of movement in the upper playoff bracket. We won all three of these games, but of course, I'm waking up to articles saying that we have just as bad odds of facing Florida as we did at the start of last week. So um, you know, all the other playoff teams are doing well in addition. So it's a it's a tough road out there, but I'm excited that we got the, the victories. Let's start by breaking down this Tampa Bay one. I'll let you break down the score and then Carol and I can break it down with you.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to uh, not have to talk about the wild game. That was last yes. week and I wasn't part of that. So maybe uh, <laughs> like not. to- game.
4: What are you, you saying? Exactly.
3: <laughs> what it about. was trash. It was to uh, leave. Yes, do not go back and listen to last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, last Wednesday, the Capitals welcomed Tampa Bay to uh, D.C., and I knew and I think all the fans knew that it was going to be a great game uh, with just the amount of goals in the first period alone. So I'm hoping both you guys saw this. Uh, My God. So at 510, Theravari scores a six with with assist by Carlson and Sherry, followed by Carlson. And I think that's going to be like the key name for Ravi and I tonight. Um, Scoring a power play goal at 738, assisted by Kuzi, which happened to be his 45th um, and Baksham's 21st. Less than a minute later, Kucherov scores, making it 2-1. And then at 15-10, Ovi gets his 43rd, followed by a lightning goal to close out the first. And now it's 3-2. I don't know about you guys. I loved this game. It was just—it was exactly what we uh, fans wanted in regards to uh, starting off fast and and giving it that sixty minutes. So here we go. So the only goal in the second belonged to John Carlson, which I'm just kind of loving to say and rightfully so for him at sixteen thirty-five, assisted by Oshi and Ovi. Uh, the only goal in the third was from Tampa Bay, but the Caps kept their lead at 4-3. And you got the first star by Carlson and the second by Ovechkin. So I don't know if both you guys saw this or who yeah. saw it. But um, for me, uh, well,
0: yeah, I yeah. felt
3: like, you know what, honestly, like after the Minnesota game, listening to um, TJ Oshie say like they had the kind of come to Jesus locker room moment after the Minnesota game holy shit like I was ready for this and they came out but you know what who came out like just as strong was Tampa Bay so I felt like this was just a fantastic game from the get-go and way to go Capitals for showing it just putting it all out there and I thought this was a great game to get the momentum going for the rest of the week.
2: Yeah, I'll let uh, Carol give his first thoughts on this game, and then I'll give you mine.
1: I definitely agree with you, Hannah. I definitely gave him a
2: momentum bonus into the week.
1: Uh, <clears throat> the first period, you know, five goals in the first period, that was kind of, you know, a crazy start to the game. Uh, no telling, you know, what was going to happen, but we saw the Capitals playing Capitals high, <laughs> getting it on the forecheck, you know, throwing their weight around. You know, we saw – Way back in 18 when they uh, shut out Tampa the last two games of the series, we saw how they did it by being physical, imposing their will, and wearing them down until the late in, uh, late uh, stretch of the game. And then they were, you know, making ill passes or afraid to get hit. And we saw this in this game. it had a playoff feel to it. Uh, you mentioned John Carlson, uh, four-point night. I mean, it's, that's the fourth time in his career he's done that. He uh, would have had a, a five-point night if it wasn't for that offsides by inches at the end of the first period, where he got that uh, would have been his second goal of the first period and his third point. But um, he's definitely, you know, locked in. He, I mean, no one's perfect; he makes mistakes like everyone else. But he was the definite uh, key to that game, being playing solid defensively and contributing offensively. And the fact that all the defensemen now it's like they're all jumping into the play; they're playing smarter and. I gotta take my hat off to your boy Skorlov. I mean, he's been. <laughs> this is to me, if not his best season playing the defense for the Capitals. I mean, his offense, you know, is a plus, it's a bonus, but his defense has been, you know, top notch, and he's uh, definitely improved. And I can uh, honestly say I- I'm glad to finally see him playing solid defense and not worrying about offense all the time. When the offense comes, cool. We I mean, saw in a couple games this past week that he scored or was key in some offensive plays. And uh, I, I love the way they're playing right now, especially after that, you know, two games that they had before this week started, the way they played, the way they looked. And uh, as I said, I was thinking they were going to be to turn the switch on. They know what's what. They know it's only uh, a few weeks left in the season. Uh, the race is getting very close. They're only two points behind Pittsburgh now for third place in the Metro. Uh, Tampa, they moved back out of the wildcard into the third spot. Now they're five points behind uh, who it was. But uh, we just played in not too long ago. So it's still time for this team to move up. And with the Florida thing, they're the best road team in the league. So Florida is one of the best home teams in the league. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But this was definitely a very uh, entertaining game. It was definitely uh, had a playoff feel to it. and uh, It was definitely a good tone setter for the rest of the week.
2: Right, so I just want to point out that Orloff and Jensen are our second defensive pairing, and I really think that we use them as our shutdown D, because uh, I really think that uh, Favari and Carlson, um, you know, is our more of our offensive defensive pairing. So uh-huh. uh, I think that you know Orloff has been put in some tough positions, and he's shown up a lot. So I agree that he's uh, he's been playing great, and our defensive alignments have kind of been set for a while now and i kind of am happy about that i know that the forwards are kind of this crazy mismatch and there's still question marks on which goalie might show up on any given night but uh it's exciting to see um uh just overall uh that at least our defense is set at least for now hopefully you know you know, that we uh, can stay healthy. And I think that they could actually show up for us um, in the playoffs. At least I'm hoping they will. And uh, one thing I wanted to notice, because we're going to talk about John Carlson a lot, one of the big news stories that was kind of breaking that happened just before the show is John Carlson's actually the second star of the NHL for the week. He has three goals, five assists that we'll talk about for eight points. Now we'll break down the rest of his games, Mm but, um, you know, John Carlson's been having an up and down season. And, you know, I know that, Uh, Gil in the round table on the Power Play Point podcast.
1: Up and down, I really can't say up and down. If he was playing very poorly, it was, you know, a liability sometimes. And I could say, yeah, but no one's going to play at top level all season. You're going to have some bad games. You're going to have some bad situations. To say this up and down, I I think he's one of the more steady defensemen in the league. He's always in talks with the Norse but he doesn't get it as most of our players behind Ovi. They don't get the credit that they deserve like Nikki, like Oshie because of, you know, the star power of Ovi. But to me, he's one of the top defensemen in the league. And I know, you know, you, you talk to the I,
2: I know. And I, I, and I agree. I agree with you, Carol, a hundred percent. So I'm yeah. not going to try to, but I'm a play devil's advocate because I, the three of us actually are big pro John Carlson fans here, yeah. but, but, I think that the idea is he gets beat sometimes defensively, like badly and some pretty bad moments in some games and blows us a couple of games that way. And so that gets magnified and and goes to the story of why he's spending $8 million for that. But the other parts aren't talked about as much, including, you know, people are like, Oh, I don't really want an offensive guy. Some people are saying, well, maybe he should be a a winger instead of a defensive, uh, you know, you know, with a a
1: hockey (laughs) skate.
2: <laughs> but I, I I understand it's expensive, and I think that the the argument is he's getting older, and you know are his best seasons behind him. But if he has weeks like this, then the question might not be they might not have that. And um, I I understand that it's very expensive to have a player a defensive player over the age of thirty, that's over eight million. And, you know, on, but there's not many players that can do what he he's does. Top five? Oh, what was it? point producers
1: all time with the Capitals like in the top seven when Nikki just moved up. I'm like he's developed from coming from the juniors and staying here and developing good with the bad won a cup and is one of the premier defensemen in the league and I don't understand how some of these fans think that the players are like robots are going to play perfect every game like the other team doesn't have talent also like when he gets beat It isn't on some, you know, bad defensive play. It's a stellar play by by a a player from the other team that, you know, might have undressed them and, you know, went around them or whatever. But that happens when you're going against this top-notch quality professional players in this league. So, I mean, the talent is great across the league. So you're going to have times, just like in football, sometimes the best cornerback or best safety gets beat because of a perfectly thrown ball or, you know, a quarterback, you know, did something to make the play happen or the player made something happen. So sometimes the other player is better. I, they, they have the Sydney Crosby syndrome. They don't want to give anybody else credit and it's always that person's fault why the play didn't work. It isn't always then, oh, well, you know, the other team does have talent also. Maybe they, they, had, they had a good play too. You know, we have good plays. Other teams have good plays also. And it's, the, it's crazy how they logically think that the other team is supposed to get no offense at, at all that their players aren't talented enough to make plays too
2: yeah i, I i'm with you we, we can move on uh to the next game but uh, well actually i, I want to break down this game a little bit more than that too because I mean it's more than just john carlson although he did have a, a phenomenal game and i think was a huge reason why we won this game but Ovi's you know keeps on on his you know pace that's you know i'm hoping he can get to 90, 50, you know, 90 points, 50 goals. Uh, you know, he's, it's going to be close. I mean, I was, my dream was 150 just because he would be the only player to do it three times in the last 20 years. Um, he'd have to go on a real hot streak over these last 10 games to be able to do that. Uh, but, uh, he's still doing incredible things, scoring, uh, timely goals, uh, just because like Nikuchi. Kucherov in the first period made it 2-1 and I thought it was sucking momentum and for Ovi to go and score that goal to make it 3-1 I think was important because mm-hmm. they turned right around a minute later and scored again and it shows yeah. how fast uh, Toronto uh, Tampa Bay can score so 3-2 mm-hmm. in that situation
1: um, I going to give Sammy a pass on the first game but you had to bring up that
0: second goal yes
1: <laughs> had to bring up that see I was going to let him pass and I was going to talk about Sammy with the second game because he did have a, a better bounce back game, but he gives up leaky goals, man. He makes some stellar plays. And in that game, he made a stellar play right before he gave up that second
2: goal. And, and, and we're going to, and this, yeah, it's going to, yeah, it is a theme with him. I don't know. It's, that was the other thing they were talking about on the Power Play Point podcast was, you know, which goalie do you go with, you know, at, at this point in the season? I think. You guys both prefer VTech, right? I think we.
0: Well, uh,
1: let's go ahead and talk about the Pittsburgh game, and then <laughs> and then and then we'll and then we'll, we'll,
2: we'll go back <laughs> yeah, to it. Okay.
1: Can, I... Those two games back to back were kind of crucial to me, and I've you
0: know
2: in, I've... and decided. Okay, that that's yeah, fair. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, in the third period, they made it four three, but you know I, I'm happy that we were able to hold on and clamp down. Uh, and only allow one goal uh, there uh, in the third uh, for that fourth 3 victory. But just overall, it was a great win. I, I just, um, we kind of needed that because I knew that at the end of the week was going to be really tough. But let's get into the, uh, you know, we had a little bit of a layover and then a matinee Pittsburgh game, which is a usually dreaded, like.
1: A dreaded matinee Pittsburgh <laughs> Exactly. In, in Pittsburgh at 3 o'clock. Right.
2: Right. It's basically worst case scenario <laughs> in my book. The only thing worse is a matinee Boston game because they were nine and one going into that. But but shockingly, both these dreaded games, we did well. But let's talk about the Pittsburgh one first. And a breakdown the score, and we'll talk more about this.
3: Yeah, one. I was gonna say the only thing worse is that is a dreaded Super Bowl Sunday matinee, <laughs> right. Boston or Pitt game, but yeah, yeah. so we'll go with this. <laughs> one. Look,
1: Pittsburgh on Super Bowl Sunday, they're pretty good, for some reason, Boston the last couple of times been an issue, but Pittsburgh, yeah,
3: Marshawn. We blame him for everything i don't care what day of the week it is (laughs) yeah we're
1: gonna talk about that game too
3: yeah oh yeah so saturday afternoon a game against uh the pens and here we go 45 seconds into the first the pens score but 16 seconds later mojo scores uh which was great to see um it was cap uh it was unassisted so good for him um at 7:24, here we go. Number nine, Orloff scores this eleventh, assisted by Larson and Dowd, and then the Pens score twice to close out the first. So now it's 3-2. Pit uh, Ovechkin, excuse me. Yeah, Ovechkin was the only goal in the second, and he scores a power play goal at 4:49, assisted by Carlson and Backstrom, uh, to tie it up 3-3. Third period completely dominated by the Capitals, and I just want to say that. Completely dominated by the capitals. There's nothing better. Starting with uh Wilson getting his 22nd unassisted, and then a Cousy and Faravari empty netters. That's it, that's all. That's all she said. <laughs> the fat lady is saying sung. So, um, 6 3 win Tom Wilson with the first star, and Koozie with the second. Fantastic, especially when it comes up against this team um i will say oh, letang come on carol back me up on this one don't you just kind of want to throw a punch this guy well oh, him and, well letang <laughs> and
2: crosby took a cheap shot too oh, that was just not even like it would have given but it would i think that one would have actually been called for once but we scored on it anyway yeah so, it was going to be the penalty <laughs> they,
1: they, they <laughs> But he didn't get disciplined.
3: <laughs> yeah, that know. was
2: Wilson throwing a punch. They hadn't spent it for three games.
3: Exactly. I mean, it was like if it, I I thought like. Terrible. I think because we scored yeah. a goal, he
2: didn't get disciplined, which kind of oh, sucks. Right. I feel like, yeah, like well, yeah.
1: that's that's bull. He should have wow. even though it wasn't a penalty, even though it was called a penalty, they didn't get to enforce the enforced penalty because they scored on a delayed penalty. He but you know, that any
2: reason to for Crosby not to get it, right? Like, I mean, this I mean, such the such fact that we
1: scored on it made it, you know, made it a little bit better. because He was whining and stuff, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it it, it should have been, you know, should have been a uh, fine or something because you can't be throwing punches. Just because you know you're getting outplayed and getting out hustling.
2: I'm but. curious what Malkin's gonna get for his crazy yeah. stick theatrics in the game right after ours. Um, you know, it, I, but, it's uh, a middle- What happened
1: with Malkin? I missed that.
2: Oh, oh yeah, he was basically took his stick and used it as a weapon. And there's not yeah. a question of like should it be three or five games. It's not an in person. Five.
1: Game. <laughs> so he, I, I know. You I think, think five.
2: Fun- but and he's a repeat offender with stick yep. infractions. I don't know why they didn't call him for disciplinary so they could do more. I, I That's my big thing is like they kind of just shot themselves in the foot to put like a five cap on that. You like, uh,
1: Nashville? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that game did get chippy. I had it on for a little while, but I didn't. I wasn't paying attention. What? So he used the stick, what, what did he do? He, do. Oh, he it was, it
0: was
2: being a, a
3: punk. punk
2: yeah i think it was like a a dirty cross check if i remember i didn't i didn't i tuned it off so i only have heard just the uproar of social media but um yeah i'll have to go back and check that one out for sure but uh i heard it was not good so i but i mean caps fans will always want the most so i i do have to check it out for myself i'll be honest that i uh i turned it off after the uh the caps game was over but um Uh anyway, but I I was super excited about this game. I mean, to go down one-nothing to start off that way, and then to score, you know, two quick goals. Uh Johansson getting off the snide. I know last week I was talking about, I think he needs to be on the third line. I liked what um PowerPlay said about him maybe being on the first line for these first couple weeks just to get used to the system faster, and then Mm -hmm. he finally get deployed where he's supposed to be once people are healthy.
1: Let's not do that again.
2: Yeah, but you, you only have to do that at one point because you remember Mojo is coming back to the team, but it's a completely different system than the team that he was on before. Yes, it's the same on player. Top
1: line, it, it looked it horrible.
2: Yeah, horrible. well, I think that we've now realized that while you'd put Sherry up there. You could put Hathaway up there. There's other players that look better on I'm that top like line. Sherry is there. <laughs> Although it worked for us this week twice
1: i just I mean it worked this week, but it didn't work before when they had sherry on the top line. You know, I guess you gotta pick your poison and pick which team you do it against, but having Ovi and Kuzi on the line and then having some not having a physical force, it throws off the whole balance because then the other the other opposing team with no Wilson or no oshi out there. They, they can take mm-hmm. liberties that they wouldn't be able to take.
2: But they they, they did. But Boston's now constructed differently, right? Now, Boston's a faster team. They used to be a heavier team. Yeah and, yeah. and and Tampa Bay is a faster team. So, against both of those teams, I think it made total sense. But against a Pittsburgh team where they're going to, like, hit you in the mouth, uh, they yeah. went with Hathaway. Physical
1: game is what worked against both Boston and Tampa, even though they jumped out and, and took the lead. The physical play is what held on, like, in this game. They scored three in the first and got shut out the rest of the game because of that physical presence and what they were doing on the four-check and, you know, dumping it in deep and playing Capitals hockey. So they can have speed as long as the Capitals play solid defense in that first period and they can get their four-check game going. Come the second and third period, they're going to be looking over their shoulder and making bad passes and turning the puck over, which we saw in all of these games this week. They – Tampa started out fast. Pittsburgh started out fast. Boston started out fast. But at the end of the day, when they got to the third period, the whole complexion and momentum of the game had changed because the Capitals was imposing their will and hitting folks. And, you know, folks were looking over their shoulder, making bad passes, making quick passes, and the Caps were playing solid defense, standing in the passing lanes, and playing tight, and playing as a unit. So I don't care how fast you are. If the Capitals play their game, they can, they can shut down any team late in the game because – they're going to get tired of getting hit. They're going to get tired of getting in, the, in their clean hits. and not dirty hits, and that's the difference. Because if it was dirty hits, then it'd be penalties all the time. Boom, boom, boom. But now we're even going to talk about the PK for the Caps. They haven't right. been scored on since March 24th.
2: Right. Oh. I don't. I don't want to talk about it. All right. See. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's. Um, so the sherry hathaway situation i love that you can flip-flop them right yeah. so if you need to add speed to the bottom line and add grit to the top line you have the halfway top line um you know the sherry in the bottom line but if you are against a team where you really need speed on your top line and against the tampa bay for example i understand the move right i think that it's smart i don't think you necessarily want Hathaway taking the body in that situation, but maybe in a long series you do, but I love the fact that you could flip it up. Right. And and it didn't seem to slow us down this week, making those adjustments. I love that um, Larson uh, can play on either wing, right? Having a utility player like that, that can jump left and right wing is something that's overlooked. It's kind of something that you see in baseball, the utility player, uh, but you don't see it as often in today's hockey, but it's, it could be crucial down the stretch. Uh, and, and the fact that we've too, got, too. yeah, yeah. And the fact that we've got five solid centers now, maybe the best centers we've ever had. Carol, even in the championship run, I would say we had four. This is a great thing that you could put Eller in the wing in certain circumstances when you've got a full team. But when you don't, because I think McMichael is better in the center position, and I'd rather put I, I Eller. Agree.
1: I agree totally. And,
2: yeah, so I put Eller on the fourth line wing in those situations, and then you take maybe Larson out or you can switch Sherry's so out. I, I like that they now have pieces that we can retool as players are starting to get healthy. And I really love Mantha and Wilson being on a line. Yes. No matter who the center is, I think that they are going to be a force to be reckoned with.
3: hundred percent. Yeah, I, I kind of like that combination. Mantha, uh, you
1: know, he was injured and out for so long, but you saw the immediate impact when he came back. And now you see in the the intangibles, just him being so tall and having that long stick, he's caused a couple of situations that because of his length, he's, you know, chipped the puck to somebody, to put him in a scoring position or put pressure on another team. And those little hustle plays, you know, are, are huge, especially in the playoffs. So, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm I'm a huge Wilson fan anyway. So, I mean, he's been playing lights out all season. And then you got, you know, a compliment. To him on that line that can play physical and score offensively. This is yeah, it's definitely going to be a demo. I think problem.
2: this is all part of a grand plan. Yeah, you know, people have been questioning Lavalette like this whole season, like what is he thinking? And you know, questioning a lot of his motives. But the fact that we're trying out all these things, yes, there's gonna be bumps while as you continuously shuffle lines, but as a team gets used to that, that could right. be such a huge weapon in the playoffs. Because if all the other teams have set lines, and then we can just create lines on you know on the fly that we know will match up right against them, yep. that could really screw up a team for a game or two, and that could be a difference in a seven-game series, right? So, I mean, Trotz
1: did the same thing on that playoff on the 2018 season. We he had, did, uh,
2: and we had challenges in the middle, and people questioned the coaching then, right? So like I, the defense is set, and that's the key to both Trotz's And LaViolette's system is the defense, right? Our defensive pairings, I think, are set. There's a quarter – there's a little bit of a goalie uh, controversy kind of in the same uh, vein as what happened in 2018, but it lights a fire under both of them. Uh, And uh, – Oh, you just did? Yeah. Yeah. It was a cross check. That's what I thought. Four
1: games. He's got four games.
2: Four games. All right. I was guessing between three and five, so that's right there. So four. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he's he's a, a repeat offender. He could have gotten eight yes. for that, you know. So, but whatever. I mean, it's he not. Should have, but yeah.
1: Yeah, right in the face, like right in his mouth.
0: That's great.
2: Right, and with intent, you know. So, like, anyway, I don't know. if Four games will teach him anything, but. Um, all right, let, let's get into this last game because I know we're running long, but we could talk about, you know, our, our, our freight trains yeah. of hockey players.
1: Well, we only got four games with the Nets and uh, one of them was a shutout. So, you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, Anna, just going through the Boston game real quickly with us, we'll, we'll break it down and I'll just uh, quickly go over the schedule. We won't break down all the upcoming games.
3: Yeah, no worries. Uh, so Sunday afternoon, the game was at home against the Bruins, no goals in the first, uh, John Carlson opens up the second at 4.11 to get his 14th. Yay. Uh, Boston scores twice uh, in one minute, making it 2-1. But then Wilson gets his 23rd, uh, assisted by Eller and Mantha at 14.50 to tie it up. Fantastic. And,
1: and you got to say it right his new career high uh, true, goal true.
3: well I wanted to include that and then I was like but am I being a little bit biased but oh my no, god yay no, Tommy no. Woo! I mean he's he's
2: right behind you I mean he's looking uh, over your shoulder right so.
3: god I'm loving it uh, so there was another caps dominated third period by Eller thank god Tiger so fantastic to see him scoring at 718 by Jensen um, and then Ovi closing out the game at 19.58 with an empty netter. Um, first star Eller and second Vanacek. Good for him. Uh, penalty kill 0 for 4. This was a hell of a physical game. Actually both Pittsburgh and this one were and and I do have a question actually. I know i going to cut this, this off soon but I would love to know Having watched Pittsburgh and Boston back to back, who is the biggest rival for you guys? Who like, who do you hate more?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh man!
1: Because uh, <laughs> uh, both of them have players that I can't oh. stand. Pittsburgh has Crosby, and Boston has
2: This is always the question of Caps fans too, which is interesting. The natural answer for long-term Caps fans would be definitely Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Just because, you know, nine times beating us in the playoffs and, you know, that's painful. Uh, But I think more recent Caps fans actually probably hate Boston more, which I know Carly (laughs) Sings, who's in chat here, who's a big Boston fan, will not like to hear that. But um, I still, I've been a fan for too long. I've seen in person too many losses in the playoffs to Pittsburgh, that Pittsburgh will always be number one for me. Um, but Carol, I I'll I'll pass it still back to you.
1: I <laughs> see, I'm a little bit older than you, so I know a little bit about some more of the heartaches before you even born when I was watching hockey. <laughs>
0: yeah. But
1: Boston for some with Marshan, for some reason they uh, get I guess with the Joel Ward situation years ago when he won and had the game winning goal in the playoffs and the racial slurs came out. And then marshan just be just the fact that Tom Wilson hasn't punched him through the ice yet. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, just want to, I just want to see somebody just knock his block off. And the fact yeah. that no one has been able to do it yet is frustrating. So to me, it's Boston because just because of the Marshawn factor and uh, Bergeron, oh,
0: oh.
1: he's so good. I hate him. I <laughs> and, 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 and they have against us. Oh my God.
2: And don't they have he, Pasternak too? They didn't even yes. play. He didn't play yesterday, which I'm thankful for. Cause I think that actually is a big difference maker, but um you know he's a uh, brutal as well so i mean and it's, it's charlie really coyle
3: beautiful. mcavoy i mean they're, yeah the,
2: the team is stacked i, I mean there's a reason that. they were nine and one in matinee games and they are number two uh, over the last, you know, two months in in wins. And, you know, we're number three, so we're doing well, but we're not gaining on Boston because <laughs> they're the team right in but front of us, and they're doing great really well. worried
1: about Boston. You know I mean, that's going to be a hell of a series if we play them, but I'm not really worried. No, no, no. We
2: can't play them unless it's the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah.
1: That's why I say I'm not worried about playing Boston. Right, <laughs> right. I'm right. not worried about
2: them. No, I wanted to jump over them in the standings so that way I would rather play Carolina than Florida.
0: Oof.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I, say, I mean, that's... We just match up better it, against Carolina same, than Florida. Yeah, I said the same thing, but when I looked at the head-to-head matchup with... Because uh, I was looking at the, the playoff scenarios.
2: There's no we way lost, we,
1: we... We lost two out of three, but right. two of them were in Florida, and one of them was a crazy comeback that the Capitals' defense, they're playing now. I don't feel would have will let happen. They had a, a three-goal yeah. lead and gave up four goals in two periods.
2: I know. I remember. So, excuse me. We, so. we covered. It, we covered it live. Yeah, um, exactly. so, <laughs>
1: I'm not. And with, with the Capitals, we didn't really speak on it, but the Capitals are the best road team in the NHL. Twenty-eight. What the 15, and one.
2: Yeah, it's crazy disparity of how much better they are on the road than at home. That's what frustrates me. Is like. I mean, but they're still above
1: five hundred at home. I mean. I, they were under 500 and yeah, I would be concerned, but
2: I thought they were. So I'm happy to hear that or not. So yeah. I
1: think we, uh, there was a 17, like it's 18, 15. Yeah, it's it's close
2: to 500, but I mean, usually our, historically our bread and butter was home. Right. Then, yeah.
1: But that's why I don't mind being in a uh, wild card spot because we're going to be on the road when they won the championship, they clinched every, uh, clinched every round. I wouldn't mind it. being
2: on the road against Carolina. I'd rather that versus you know, <laughs> Florida. If I'm going to be like, Picking a place, I I get what you're saying, but like, like the way they're see- playing
1: right now, I I wouldn't care if they went to the Florida if they if they play like this and lock things in the rest of the season and. One of the goalies. We haven't really touched on that. We're going to go long in this hockey section. <laughs> I
2: think I mean, he, I like just, you said we're <laughs> going to, as if we're not already. We're
1: going to do the scores and talk about the <laughs> good things that happened, and then right. we'll
2: talk play. about Tim going to the game. and stuff Yeah, like we'll that.
1: bring up Tim, and he can bring about to talk about the game, and then we'll get to it. <laughs> this. High, I mean, it's playoff time. Almost playoff time. You know, I, we got. Time.
2: I, I know, I know. Um, real quickly. <laughs> My thoughts on the Boston game, uh, since we haven't even gotten to that yet, but uh I love Tom Wilson. His play just that's all you have to say. One <laughs> just to be able to come back there. <laughs> I think that was such a crucial goal. I mean, his goal in the Pittsburgh game was crucial. I mean, his timing this on this uh, but this one's even more important. Yeah. Uh Lars Eller had a hell of a game, right? So, like, you know, the, the assist on the Tom Wilson one, I mean without the play by uh, Lars Eller, Tom Wilson doesn't score that, you know, that thing. And then Lars Eller scores himself off of a crazy deflection of yeah, a defender yeah. <laughs> on, on a, another great, quote unquote, I, it was a pass. I'm th- pretty yeah. sure it was a pass that got deflected by their guy and in. Um. So it made it 3-2. And then Ovi, I'm so happy he put it in. I know a lot of people are like, oh, empty net, blah, blah, blah. cry, cry, cry. You know, it, people don't know this, but uh Wayne Gretzky has more empty net goals uh than um Alexander Ovechkin does so if people want to say you gotta take that out of the the equation then you know they don't know their hockey history uh but um you know you you take whatever goals you can get I, I I really want him to hit 50 so I'll take whatever I can get but those are some of my my fast thoughts on this game but I do want to just mention the upcoming schedule and get your guys quick take on it before we switch to uh to baseball we're playing the flyers tuesday april 12th aka tomorrow oh. at 7 p.m that's a it's a home game um for the capitals uh that's such a trap game in my book but hopefully we can continue uh the thursday april 14th we're at toronto uh toronto has been playing amazing lately <sighs> and uh that's a seven o'clock game and they have the number one star of the week if people i know we talked about the number two star um i think matthews had 11 points last week in four games um and uh, so it's at toronto seven o'clock and then we're playing at montreal so it's a canadian trip seven o'clock and then at colorado it's a nine o'clock start monday april 18th so the two of you guys i'm Away on vacation next week. So we're we're, flip, we're flip-flopping, Anna. And uh, so you guys will be able to break down a live game against one of the best teams in oh, hockey. Do, uh,
1: the best team in hockey. They got yeah. Yeah. Have 108. Yeah.
3: Like, how do you have 15, 4, and 6?
2: <laughs> like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. So Colorado. So that'll be a fun game to talk about live while breaking down these three games. But your uh Carol, quick take on Philly, Toronto, Montreal. And then you guys can talk about the uh, the, the Colorado game live.
1: Yeah, Philly, uh, they're pretty much done. You know, they're just playing out the rest of the season. That should be a good tune-up game for the next two with Toronto and Montreal being uh playoff teams. Toronto clinch, Austin Matthews, look like he won't win the uh, Rocker Rashad. He might be able to get 60 this year the way he's been playing. Uh, Montreal, they've been playing some solid hockey. Uh, Going there, it's always, you know, tough on the road. They team These Canadian teams play faster on home ice than they do on uh, opponent ice. So, it's like I said, it comes down to the Capitals, you know, playing Capitals hockey, opposing their will, forecheck, defense for 200 feet of the ice, 60 minutes of Capitals hockey, and no matter how the game starts out at the end of it, the Capitals will be on top. So, uh, I feel like they can win all three of these games. I know they, you know, can't go undefeated every week, but I feel like they can win all three of these games. I and mean, then Colorado, Air Colorado, you know, thin air, uh, audi skill team, uh, Colorado, like I said, one of the tops.
2: And like
1: the Nationals just scored. Uh, yeah, six-
2: Bell, Bell made a nice play at home to yeah. avoid that tag, uh, to yeah, make it six. Nice
0: plays. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Six, one Nationals, top of the seventh. Uh, we are going to get to Nats talk for our <laughs> Nats fans in it's a, a second. Uh, yeah. Um, Real quickly, I'll get Anna's take, but my take is that we'll beat Colorado and Montreal, but we'll lose to Toronto and lose to uh, Colorado. But uh, Anna, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I'm thinking we're going to go two and two. I think we can take uh, the Flyers and Montreal, but uh, Toronto and Colorado, I don't know. I mean, God, their numbers are out of control, especially uh, Nathan McKinnon. I mean, come on now. So I'd be happy with two and two. To be totally honest, I'd be happy if we were... uh, if that's what it was yeah i'll take it
2: i, I would want
1: you to 4 no, but i'll take three or one <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i think they can go 4-0 no the way they're spoiling
2: they carol it. with this past week um but I I anyways saying,
1: I, I, feel, I feel the momentum turning the cap I, I like way. that I real
2: quickly i know before we break out of here we we teased that we would talk goalies so i i can't leave us without at least mentioning it Carol, your take Sammy versus double V you said you would give your take after the Boston one what is
1: it all right um Sammy as you know I've been very critical of him he uh these two games that he played back to back um I mean that he played this week not back to back the Tampa Bay game I felt like he gave up some leaky goals made him a hell of a save prevent a goal uh, and then the game against um Pittsburgh. Like I said, he gave up three in the first. Pittsburgh was putting on the push at the end of the first. You know, it's it something to give up those three goals in like a three-minute span. But he shut them out for the rest of the game, and the Capitals' defense played well in front of him, and he made some good plays in front of a very talented team. Double V yesterday after coming off of four subpar starts uh looked like the you know double V that I had confidence in. So. I was leaning toward more Double V going into the playoffs, but the fact that they gave Sammy the back-to-backs with this four-game stretch coming up, if they give him two and two and we get to see both of them equally, then I can give, you know, I feel like a better synopsis. But right now, with the four games that Double V had before this one game and the, the combination of games that Sammy's had, even though he's given up some questionable goals, he's made some great plays um I'm, I'm not gonna say i'm 50 50 i'm i say i'm 60 40 double v but i wouldn't be mad if sammy would get the goal. right
2: so so you don't blame coach for not making a call yet on this with 10 games left
1: not not be not with the way sammy played the next the last two games now if he would have been erratic and you know we lost those games lost one of those games because of a leaky goal then I would still be fully on the double B train. But with those two games that he played this week against quality opponents in a pressure situation, knowing we needed to win, he did what he had to do to get the win. And that's what it comes down to in the playoffs. You know, you might give up, you know, three goals in the first period, but you got to wipe it clean and shut them out for the rest and let your team find a way to fight back and win. And that's what he did. And I got to give him a little, little bit more, a little bit more leash before I go straight to double B right now with those, with that performance against Tampa Bay and against Pittsburgh. I g I gotta, you know, I gotta gotta step back now and see what else is he gonna do, if he's gonna improve and lock it down like uh he did in those two games, or if he's gonna be giving up leaky goals and inconsistently and can't really trust him to you know make that timely save, then I'll go with double V. But right now I'm 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 60 40 double V and most of the season has been like 75 25. So
2: yeah, so he's, he's creeping up. So I'll yeah. give my take real fast, and then I'll get Anna's before we let her go. But um, I, I've always been a Double V fan. He's always been my favorite of the two. Um, but I definitely think Sammy has a higher ceiling, which is what's frustrating. So I think Sammy has got the potential to have some really incredible acrobatic saves. But I don't think his fundamentals are as good as Double Vs. So I think on average... Double V's going to give you a solid performance where he's not doing too many crazy things, um, which I think could be a successful playoff thing. But is he going to make the save like you saw Hopi make, right? You've seen Sammy this week make a very similar save. He can can make those game-stealing saves, but can he just be calm, cool, and collected and not... I love what you're saying that he came back and shut him out the rest of the game. And that's what you have to have that mentality, but like don't let two leaky goals in maybe one. Right. I I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like letting in three goals at some points would be too much in the playoffs. So like, I just feel like he's really unlucky at times. Some of these goals, I'm just shocked that even make it through the post. I feel like he's strong to the post and they find a way to squirt in and, or bounce through his pads and in and, I feel for the guy, right? Because I just don't... The
1: example was that goal, I think it was against Boston, where he squared up against the post and it looked like he had it. And I I don't know how it fell in, but I think he might have caught it in between like his elbow and it just creaked in in. behind. I was like, yeah, that's just bad luck right there.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, But it's funny because there's so much debates across Caps fandom. We've got to pick one. I'm a huge double V. I'm a double V hater. I'm a Sammy fan. I'm a Sammy hater. It's just it's all over the. place. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I see it though. I I'm not lying, Anna. You you're in Caps groups too. You've seen people not all like double time. V. Yeah. So um yeah. I uh, the whole thing makes no sense to me. I think the competition <laughs> is good. I think you use the next 10 games to analyze it. My gut feeling is I would start with double V uh, and then if he doesn't, and then after two games, you go to Sammy, you you don't pull him after just one game unless it's like really atrocious, uh, like a five, one game or something. Uh, But rabbit we just won a championship four years ago how are they so rabbit still i don't i don't oh, know but anna okay. your your quick thoughts on the goal is before we let you go as we have now kept you 20 extra minutes <laughs> it's fine
3: <laughs> the beauty sleep it's all good um so for me um i've always been that w double v uh fan and supporter feeling the same way as as carol i kind of feel like a little I, I had a little. Shift, I would say 70, 30, uh, um, double V over Sammy. I think that Sammy is uh, is starting to um, do exactly what the fans needed and what the team needed. We, I think as fans had hoped to see it earlier. Um, and unfortunately he had COVID and then twice and then all these issues and he kind of has to redeem himself. Um, I feel like V tech has, has given, you know, he is, he's played well i think these last three games were huge considering if you really look at it you're going up against tampa bay you're going up against pittsburgh you're going up against boston and they played fantastic and i think that what's going to happen is if you put uh v tech in against flyers in toronto and sammy with uh, canadians and in colorado then maybe you're gonna you're gonna see you know if if there is one that rises up above but at this point it's like i just think we just need to support both <laughs> um cuz there are some six days you,
2: and you you like the idea of playing both equally and not naming yes. a starter yeah yes. i i think there's a sense of um we can keep it a secret who our guy is going in the playoffs it's going to be really hard for the other team to get a read on who absolutely we're going to have and i think that that could be you know, even if we could steal the first game on the road that way, that could be crucial. Um, yeah.
3: And, and so. I think that's just what it needs to be is, is, you know, and it's like, uh, why not support both of them? We don't have to have, we're not only going to have one goalie. Why not support both goalies? Cause they're playing for the same team. And in, in
2: 2018, that's exactly what we had to do. And it worked. Exactly.
3: With group Bauer and, and Holpe. And, you know, it, it's like, uh, come on uh so i think at this point it's like you just kind of have to get on on both do you favor one over the other yeah i happen to favor uh VTech over sammy um there's just something about v i think a, a calmness and and I've, I've said it before kind of a a holpy zen vibe uh for some reason when he's on uh when he's on the ice but at this point why are fans complaining when both goalies are playing for the same team <laughs> it's like okay come on like just get on board um and especially if you watched I think Sammy just stepped it up incredibly released last couple of games there were some sick saves I mean I mean,
1: <laughs> looking wow. at the records it's crazy how can you even have an argument I mean Sammy's 21-9-4 and take is 18-11-5
3: yeah exactly <laughs> but I, but there is something like people are truly looking at it like in that well, personality people, sense people of, like, are not
2: looking at wins they're looking at safe percentage yeah i mean but his
1: COVID and i mean I'm, it's poor all choices. About who, gets hot, who gets hot at the right light.
2: well people are thinking safe percentage and yeah. you know will be more indicative of who's going to get hot down the road which i don't necessarily think it will
1: yeah but go go back to 18 They were majority Hopi fans. You had the (laughs) ones who didn't like Hopi who was glad that Grubau was going in. And then he got pulled in the second period and Hopi went in and got locked in. They was all quiet after that. Of course. So that's all all we got to wait to see who gets locked (laughs) in, ready for the playoffs. And then once that happens, all the noise is going to hush.
2: I think you give Sammy Philly the Philly game. I give VTEC the Toronto game on Thursday. And then... Whoever plays better, you know, if one wins and one loses, you give um, the winner of the Colorado game, and whoever lost the Montreal game. And if you Other won both around. of them, then you can. Because Canadian
3: Montreal's first, and then and then Colorado. Well, Toronto's Toronto first, then Montreal. I'd
2: rather go
1: two back to back and see how both of them respond. Yeah. To the next situation. So I went I Flyers,
3: move. Toronto, VTech, and oh, Sammy, I see Canadian what you're saying. You give both
2: of them an opportunity to go back to back. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. an interesting. See, I was thinking you just go every other and you just keep them both warm. No, nah,
1: because you when you want it. You want them to try to get into a groove, like with VTech coming off the game that he had. See, yeah, well, that that wouldn't be fair to Sam. You going to be three games, right?
2: Because they both are hot. So what do you, right? So that's why I trying to keep them both warm. That's well, why I'm going to every other.
1: Well, I mean, so they played what yesterday. They don't play again until what
2: Tuesday, tomorrow. tomorrow. So you don't want one of them to get cool off too much. So you're going to give.
1: I, a, then I say, I guess, go with Sammy too, because VTech had the last game. And vtech you know, he had a couple of games off with Sammy taking two. So I think they, I think he's more adaptable to bounce back. No, that's and, right. And then and give him the
2: Montreal game to warm up for the Colorado game. And if he plays yeah. terrible against Montreal, then you switch right back to Sammy again.
1: And so that'd be more fair because you got Philly, who's out of the playoffs against Toronto, one of the top teams. Then you got Montreal, who's at the bottom, going against Colorado. Right, right.
2: that makes sense. All right, we'll we'll see what they do. It it will be a mystery, and you guys will have to solve it next week without me. So I, (laughs) but I, I, I will be watching live uh, from Texas. I just probably won't be on the show, but um, I, I am excited. Um, I'll definitely have you guys on and the game because that's what's great about ESPN Plus is I can watch it anywhere. So I'll I'll take it. So um, all right, well, Anna Power Play Point Podcast phenomenal this week i know you got to be on the uh, beginning grant was great um and uh was it cheryl cherylian yeah yeah, yeah sure. uh she was great uh obviously gill is great definitely check it out um go to sports.thp.com click the podcast partners button and then you get the power Play Point podcast from there you could also check out all anna's socials uh now as part of the pod um the team sports OTHP on, um, on our website. You have a whole bio from Anna on there, including all of her social media links and the podcast (laughs) links as well. So go check her out there. Anna, thank you for, uh, doing an hour long caps talk with us and, uh, I appreciate it and, uh, hope you guys have a fun show next week.
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah. When are you leaving for Texas?
2: I leave uh, Saturday very early in the morning at like six in the morning.
3: Awesome. You guys do those flights and it's so far so good, right? (laughs) Yeah,
2: hopefully. I mean, babies on flights are always a crapshoot. So, you know, you never know. uh, Crapshoot,
3: no pun intended. (laughs) Exactly. So (laughs) um, I've dealt
2: with that. So the, uh, but I will, I'll leave you on that note and uh,
3: we'll we'll definitely talk to you soon. All right. Awesome. Take care, guys. Have a great show. All right. Thank
0: you.
2: All right, the score right now is 6-1, switching gears over to the Nationals. Uh, The Nats have been playing a solid game against Atlanta, which makes me happy. Uh, There's two outs here at the bottom of the seventh. Um, We're in Atlanta, so uh, the Braves are up to bat here in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, We're going to bring in Brian Brennan, and we've got Tim Clark uh, here. Um, They're both in uh, there. I'm going uh to switch the logo and let you guys talk about the first three games while i go grab a drink uh but then i will come in and talk about yesterday's game with you and this live game when you guys are done talking about that and then we can preview the week ahead uh and then we'll let carol get out of here after that and then we'll talk a little basketball
1: what's going on fellas i see y'all jumped on a little early I had to switch my feed up real quick how y'all doing tonight man You know i got my Baseball expert, Brian B. I see in the man cave. I got Tim Clark, the man that went to the, I believe, the opening day game. So Uh, The second game. Second game, okay. Oh, yeah. Masters, that's right. So, yeah, we'll get your uh, take on that uh, experience of seeing uh, Mad Max in the New York Mets uniform. I I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, me uh, too. Yeah, the Nets started out the uh, one in three uh with one and three against the Mets. Uh, we mentioned uh, Robbie mentioned a little while ago. There's the bottom of the seventh. They're up six to one, uh two outs, no man on, uh, going against Atlanta in Atlanta. So they're looking to win two in a row because they ended up the four-game series against the Mets, uh winning the last game, which was yesterday. Um let's go ahead and jump into the Week that was, like I said, we ran a little normal so I'm gonna jump right into it. I get more commentary the next week on the on the Nats, even though some folks have already wrote them off after the first week. Uh, opening opening day was postponed supposed to be a four o five start, ended up being a seven o five start due to the weather. Uh, the Nats took the loss five to one. Taylor McGill earned the victory for the Mets. He went five innings, giving up three hits, no runs six strikeouts. Uh, Patrick Corbin took the loss. He was the opening day starter. He went four innings, giving him five hits, two earned runs, with four strikeouts and two walks. The lone bright spot of the the game was Juan Soto getting his first home run of the season. He went one for three. It was a solo shot. Uh, Game two, which was Friday, which was the game that Tim uh, attended, was a seven to three loss. Uh, Max Scherzer Earned the victory for the Mets. That's a you say that.
5: <laughs> it's painful.
1: Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it <laughs> is. I'd rather he went anywhere else. He could have even went to the damn Phillies, and I wouldn't have felt as bad. As he <laughs> but uh, he went six innings, giving up three hits, three earned runs with six strikeouts and a walk. Uh, Josiah Gray took the loss for the Mets. He went four innings, gave up eight hits, four runs with five strikeouts and two walks. Uh, Josh Bell hit a two-run home run off of Mad Max uh, to tie the game at one point at 3-3. But unfortunately, uh, the Nats weren't able to prevail, lost the game 7-3. And there was a benches-clearing situation (laughs) as of a... uh, I don't even really consider it a a bad pitch. Lindor leaned in for a butt. Uh C. Sheck was throwing a high fastball that was riding in at the same time as he was leaning in. So yeah. it wasn't intentional, but it happened. And yeah. apparently, as Brian told me, there were three-hit batsmen in the game before, so the Mets were feeling a certain way. But yeah. if you took my ace pitcher in free agency, I would have hit you three times myself too. So, I'm Yeah, not exactly. About it. Yeah, so... It's yes, a interesting how the series goes this season goes with the Mets and the Nats. They were already, you know, some situations and, you know, bad blood with us getting Daniel Murphy and Daniel Murphy killing them over a couple of years that he was here. Now they've got Mad Max along with the so so they're trying to have the pitching staff like the Mets used to have. We were on that great run. So it's going to be interesting. And before I get to the other games, Tim, since you were there, I want to get your take on how it all went down with the almost thunder at the Nationals Park on the second game of the series.
5: Well, I'll start pregame because Scherzer um, warmed up in the outfield. And when he started pitching in the first inning, he got a really great ovation. And uh, that was great to see just because he is one of uh, the Nationals' best players ever. So, you know, he helped them win. And um, there were no boos at all, even though, uh, he went to a rival team. Also, the Mets had a lot of fans, maybe even almost half. So they also cheered for him. But it did suck to see some Mets shirts or jerseys there too. It's kind of weird. Um, it wasn't his best game, to be honest. Uh, he gave up a few runs. He gave up a home run to Josh Bell. Um, it's not his, you know, his special outing that we saw so many times in D.C. But definitely good enough to win and. Um, Josiah Gray was mediocre um, he he has promise but he didn't look great in this game after the first uh, go around through the through the bat batting lineup for the Mets um, and then the bullpen was just shaky overall and I agree um, I definitely think that hit that hit batter was not intentional because it's such an odd time to go after somebody I mean it would make sense to hit Lindor but I don't think at that situation and, um, probably nobody on base makes more sense. Um, but Buck Showalter kind of instigated it because he just ran out there and was pissed off and that it was everybody on both teams and, um, Mets fans were pissed. So that was great, but no, no punches were thrown. And, um, I guess the next game wasn't, uh, as bad, but I thought there was going to be like probably some punches, but, uh, you know, they they did just, at the end, kind of stop it right before any suspensions, were, you know, I think were really needed.
1: Honestly, for his choice of hair color and dyeing his hair that color, he should. Do.
0: Yeah.
1: did <laughs> your take on this uh, situation, Brian? We were talking about it as it was happening. You were filling me in because it was on the, uh, on ESPN Plus and I couldn't see it. Thank God I didn't want to see Max in the, in the Mets jersey, even though you did send me a picture of it. I still, I deleted it as soon as you sent it. But What was was your take of that situation? Did you think it was intentional or do you think it meant, you know, we did say, you know, you told me they had three hit batsmen in the game before. So I could understand, you know, you know, saying something, but, you know, clearing the benches and your boy Buck Showalter, ex-Yankee manager, you know, always dramatic, you know, going from the Yankees to the
6: Orioles. Like, no, that's already a problem there.
1: What was your take (laughs) on this situation?
6: Yeah, I, um, I agree. I don't think it was intentional, um, but the, the Nationals did end up hitting five Mets during the series in total. The four and two games, which is I mean personally, I, I really don't think it was intentional, but that just goes to show that these these national pitchers really have to get under control like they you cannot have. You cannot, like, I mean, one of the night before this game, they hit Pete Alonzo in the face. Then they hit Lindor in the face in this game. Like somebody's going to get hurt out there unless they can okay. get under oh. control. And I understand why Buck Showalter was pissed. I mean, if you're getting, if your team's getting hit that much, I would be pretty upset too. But no, I, I don't think it was intentional. Uh, I, I thought maybe the benches clearing was a little over the top, honestly. Yeah. Like I, I didn't really think there was a need for that. I, I thought the Mets kind of overreacted at first. I get the frustration but i really just don't think there's any need to like have like a whole thing like that and um, yeah yeah like it it's a uh, lot yeah it just and just seemed and i buck used some jedi mind tricks or something to get C Sheck ejected out of that game because yeah. they were not going to eject him and then buck said something to the umpires and he was like all of a sudden he was out of the game and mm-hmm. um it, Just yeah, it was uh, very surprising. Like you don't normally see a manager convince the umpires to eject someone like that, but yeah, I I don't know, but like I said, Jedi mind tricks or something from Buck in this case. But um, I like I said, I don't think it was intentional. Um, it was I I was I was definitely very spicy. Like you do not see that, especially so early in the season. Second
1: game of the season.
6: Second game of the season, they're already like Yelling at each other, shoving each other, and almost throwing punches, like Tim said. But you know, I, 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 I don't, I can't say it was intentional for from the Nets. They just got to, they got to get under control because yeah. they can't be, they can't be throwing at guys like this.
1: I'm just saying, we had a, a, a prolonged contract situation, had a shortened spring training. You got pitchers, you know, second game of the season. You know, they, yep. they don't have yeah, any they, they stuff, they don't have their mechanics, they're not in. You yeah. know midseason form, so they're going to be. Not, I'm not excusing the, you know the, the four to five hit bats, but it happens. But <laughs> yeah, to that extent, you know you got to take that into account. You know these are new, you know guys that's you know coming out of the second game of the season. You know they 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 don't have their mechanics in line. You know things happen, especially with that the the one that sparked it off with Lindor. He leaning in for a bunt. The high fastball was coming in, and, I mean, and
6: also I'd like to point out that two of the first people to check on Lindor were Juan Soto and another Nationals. So, got, yeah, exactly. Why would they? If it was intentional, then why would the Nationals be the first ones to check on Lindor? So I don't know. I don't know. But I would also like to comment, like on 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 Scherzer coming back. Like, I, it's great that he got that ovation uh, from the Nationals fans. Obviously, he deserves it for uh, all the great years in D.C. and winning the World Series in 2019. But, yeah, um, I I wish more people got a chance to see this game. Unfortunately, it was only on Apple TV+, Plus, uh, which is kind of ridiculous. But, yeah, and the broadcast sucks. But uh, that's a whole other story. But uh, it was nice to see Scherzer return to D.C., even if the crowd was mostly Mets fans, like Tim said. I'm glad he got that ovation. He deserves it. He's I'll always, I and I'm sure a lot of people in DC will always be Max Scherzer's fans, no matter, no matter what team he plays for.
1: No doubt, no doubt. And as you uh talking about Mad Max Josh Bell just got an RBI single, uh, making the game seven to one. Uh I'm not sure what Hernandez is, but he's very fast score from second base. And uh the Nats were up seven one top of the eighth, two man on, one man out. And I'll get into this uh, third game of the Mets series very quickly because it was a 5-0 shutout loss. Uh, Chris Bassett earned the victory for the Mets. Uh, he went six innings, given three hits, no earned runs, eight strikeouts, one walk. Uh, it's spelled J-O-A-N like Joan, but he's Spanish, so I guess it's Joan. And Don huh. took the loss for the Nets. He went four in the third, giving him four hits, four runs, three strikeouts and four walks. And I actually, he came in uh, this game to relieve the starter. So I guess he's uh, kind of like pa- Pablo Espino, who can come out the bullpen or start. Um, the only, uh, there was a branch slam by Pete Alonso. The Mets which blew the game over, made it 4 nothing, And they finished the game 5 nothing. And the last game of the series was the uh, Nets were able to salvage and not get swept at home to open the series. Uh, he won the game 4 2. Kyle Finnegan earned the victory. He went an inning, giving no hits, no runs, and one strikeout and no walks. Trevor Williams took the loss for the Mets. He went an inning, giving two hits, two runs. Neither one of those earned with no strikeouts and no walks. And T- Tanner Rainey earned his uh, first save of the season for one inning, giving one hit, no runs, no strikeouts, and no walks. Uh, Nelson Cruz hit his 450th career home run. Uh, and we also had uh, two RBI single in the bottom of the eighth, which uh, propelled the Nats to get the victory. They were down uh, two nothing late in the game and got the solo home run by him. And then got the uh, two R two run RBI single to take the lead and prolong the lead for the Nats to earn their first victory of the season and end the series one and three against the Mets and having a, Good bounce-back game against the Atlanta right now. And right now bases loaded, one out top of the seventh. Uh, Ruiz, the catcher, just got a nice single to fill the bases. Uh, on this first series against the Mets, we talked about, you know, for some reason they already angry after two games. They were able to win one out of four, you know, into the face of Mad Max, didn't have to face the ground. Pretty much from what I saw, you know, the Nationals still trying to find their way with some of the young pieces they have. They have a good, you know, middle of the lineup. Uh, Nelson Cruz and the DH is definitely uh, going to be a key factor. I can't believe I just said that for the Nationals. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be an interesting season, but, you know, start out one and three, looking at rebound tonight. You know, I wouldn't expect them to go four and no, oh, but I don't like going one and three, but at least they didn't go on four. Tim, what was your take on this series? And uh, looking forward to Carol, this. Carol, uh, real
2: quickly, I get, before we get Tim's take, did you talk about the uh, Josh Bell single that scored the run?
1: Yeah, I just mentioned it. It just made it seven to one. Yeah, a yeah,
2: and, and the bases are loaded. So okay, yeah. that's uh, perfect. All right, sorry, I just got back. Uh, but Tim, yeah, what are your yeah, thoughts
5: on? Yeah, just uh, I think the Mets are a team that's going to be a force uh, this year. This, as it is to say. Um, they have a really good uh, pitching staff. You know, it's kind of hurt, but uh good lineup, good coach now. So good manager, I mean. So um, the, the Nats, you know, are not going to win the division, I'm sure. Uh, but they do play hard. And like you said, the, the heart of the lineup is strong. So they will put up some runs. Um, and with, like, the win tonight, you know, they're going to be two and three. So um, it's not a, a terrible start. They, they have a chance to put up some wins and um, they do have some exciting young players. So it's a lot of new guys. It's going to take some time with this team to gel, but to have a guy like Nelson Cruz that's played forever, you know, and he's already hitting, that's going to help. Um, and then Soto, you know, he's already hitting. So they, they have a few guys they can definitely count on.
1: Uh, Soto's pressing a little bit. He uh, got that first home run in the first game and he hasn't really been doing too much. I think he's, pressing trying to get off to a quick start in this game he's been over three with uh, three flyouts trying to hit the long ball I think he's anxious to get the season started but I think he's pressing a little bit. Brian, what was your take on this four game series?
6: Yeah I agree with what Tim said the Mets are looking like a really good team I, I would say I came away more impressed with the Mets than I expected after this weekend I thought they you know really impressed like offensively they had timely hits every time he needed it. They got good pitching from both their starters and their relievers, and I'm glad the Nationals were able to salvage the game on Sunday. I mean, what did what did I say, Carol? The second Nelson Cruz hits his first home run for the Nationals, you're gonna forget all about pitchers hitting. You're gonna love that universal DH. And uh, <laughs> Nelson Cruz got his first home run as a National, and he got the game winning hit. I mean, Boomstick is just gonna be a great addition to this team if he can if he can contribute in the lineup for this Nationals team. I mean that that's a huge bat, a huge weapon to have, um, and yeah, if he can get going, and I agree with you, like I, like what you've what I've seen so far this the season is Soto is kind of pressing. He got the home run on opening night for the Nats' only run, but he has not done much since then. If he can get it going, I mean the Nats can really do some damage offensively. I think.
2: No, no. I have a couple of takes on it because I actually did. I only watched one inning of this entire series and it was the bottom <laughs> half of the inning uh, where it was incredible because I, I turned it on. I see them tie it like literally the first thing I watch and then I see the Nelson uh, Cruz uh, single. And so I have to give my daughter credit. Zara, she watched the hockey game with me. We both took a nap. I was resting my eye. We woke up. We saw the best part of that hockey game, and then we flipped it over to baseball. And uh, Zach had his second ever tee ball, um, you know, uh, earlier uh, that day. And so he was all excited about baseball. And we all watched it together, and it was a, a solid, uh, solid win. And then to see the bottom of the the inning where we just closed it out after that. So I was like, that was a great one inning of baseball to watch in that whole series. Um, and then this game just got a lot better with a bench a uh, bases clearing double. It's now eleven to one now, which I love this because I hate the Braves. And, yeah.
1: yeah, hell of a game. Yeah,
2: yeah, the, the offense that just wasn't there for the first three games it just suddenly like erupted. So he got um,
1: five RBI now. He had a two run <laughs> Yeah, Franco's Man. killing it. Yeah, we yeah. need we definitely need some offense for real. And uh, Philly, yeah. yeah.
6: Yeah, oh, Philly, so
1: do uh, I didn't even know. I told you, I didn't know they had Kyle Schwab. I, I, I was done after I saw that.
2: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting division for sure. Uh, but I'm excited because those first three games, I was getting a little bit nervous. But it's not – I feel like that's so typical Nationals. Like, they rarely come out the game well, no. hot. Yeah. And when they like, do,
1: it's always trouble.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, the, a couple of years where they are really hot at the start. It's never good. And the one year we won it all – like everyone wanted to sell everybody 19, at that point. 18 and right? so.
1: 31. 18 <laughs> and 31. We, me, I remember that show. Me and Paul called and it said, This team is going to make the playoffs. And they did.
2: That's amazing. Cause I know what at that point had that. Like everyone was like, This, uh, it's another written off year. Cause it's weird. The Nationals have one year where they're hot, they make like a hundred. Um, uh, you got a 100 wins i was about to say points uh but uh 100 wins and then the next year when they're like oh they're gonna win the super bowl the, or win the world series you mix it up everything
1: right everything, now. <laughs> uh,
2: when they win the world series that uh, like then they like fall <laughs> off completely and um you know it, it's then the year that they say they're gonna suck or they have the oldest team in baseball is the year they win it all so it's it's crazy it's hard to predict the nationals
1: yeah, let's go ahead and get into the upcoming schedule so you guys can get into basketball. We've been very, very long. Uh, as they mentioned, they're playing the Braves tonight. It was a seven twenty start. start. Uh, they play the Braves tomorrow night. as another seven twenty start, and then have the Braves Wednesday for a 12-20 start. Then they go to Pittsburgh, where they have Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 6-35 starts, and Sunday is a one thirty five start. Um I like the way this series is starting off with Atlanta. You know, 11 and 1 lead should be a victory, putting them at 2 and 3. Hopefully, they're not using all the offense up tonight and don't have any tomorrow. Uh, I'm not sure who's pitching for Atlanta, but I'm sure they have another good arm is out there because their bullpen and the pitching staff is always loaded. And hopefully, the Nats can, you know, get to above 500 by, by sweeping the Braves to start the season out. And Pittsburgh, it's Pittsburgh, right? should be a sweep. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Brian, what is your take on the upcoming schedule? And I uh, will get you a quick take on the Yankees start to the season. I know we can't have a segment with you without yeah. <laughs> Stanton hitting home runs out of Park in Manhattan somewhere.
6: Yeah, so, so this, um, I, 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 this series against the Braves, obviously Atlanta comes into the season. They're the defending World Series champions. Um, they, they did lose their main, one of their Big time franchise players and Freddie Freeman this offseason. Yes. they replaced him with Matt Olson.
0: He's <laughs> and, no longer um, in the
1: East. Thank
6: you. Yeah, man. But he's on the Dodgers now, though. So I mean As
1: long as he's out the East, man. As long as he he used to kill us, man.
6: I'm yeah. <laughs> That's how I used to be about Evan Longoria for the Yankees. But yeah, um, so um, I mean, now the Braves, I these early season series, it's always tough to tell. I mean, we're seeing the Nationals crush the Atlanta tonight. Um if they can sell again another one of these games, that's a pretty good start to the season to get two against the defending World Series champions, that would be really good for the Nationals. And Pittsburgh, like you said, uh, is, is Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, they're, they're, they're not they have a couple decent players. Cabrian Hayes is a pretty good player, but he actually got hurt on opening day, but other than that, there's not much there for the Pirates. Uh, I don't expect I, I could see the Nationals probably taking two out of three in that series.' Was actually four.
1: So three okay,
6: three so days. so three maybe four. three out
1: of four then, yeah. perfect. Cool, cool, Tim. What is your take on uh, this Nets upcoming schedule? Uh, well, Brian, you didn't give your Yankees take, as I get Tim and his oh. in Orioles take. What's your Yankees take to start the season out?
6: Okay, so Yankees uh, took two out of three from the Red Sox this weekend. Uh, first two games of the season, they were losing in both of them. They were able to come from behind and win last night. Uh, they lost on Sunday night baseball four three to the Red Sox. Uh, tough, tough game, but still early season game. And they won the first two. So I wasn't too mad uh, tonight. They suffered a three, 0 loss to Toronto. Toronto is the favorite in the American league East. And they looked really good tonight at the stadium. Uh, pitching wise, they completely shut the Yankees down. So still early, but this is, I think, a big test for the Yankees uh, this week. They have, a four-game series right now with the Toronto Blue Jays. So um, that's going to be a huge test for the Yankees. Hopefully they can come through in that. And then they play Tim's Orioles this weekend at Camden Yards. So hopefully we can get some wins out of that.
5: Probably will.
1: (laughs) What is your take on the Nats' upcoming schedule, and what is your take on the Orioles' start this uh, season?
5: Sure, yeah. I think the Nats have a pretty favorable schedule this week, like Brian said. I mean, Really, you just want to win two out of three to Atlanta just because they're the champs and they're still a loaded team. Um, I think they're probably going to be mad after this blowout. So I'd be kind of surprised if the Nats uh, win tomorrow. It's, you know, it's going to be tough, but you never know. They're pretty hot right now. And then, um like you guys said, Pittsburgh's uh, pretty much always bad. Um, so, you know, maybe at least win two, possibly three there and have a really good week, and um, get around 500 again.
1: No doubt, no doubt. So how did the Orioles fit? It's,
5: uh, <laughs> I think he was there. avoiding that
2: question, right? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> they today. Uh, yeah, they did win today, so
5: they're on, they're on the board, which is nice. Um, you know, one thing I will say, um, the Orioles will suck this year. Uh, they do have some good prospects, so I think they'll show a few glimpses here and there, but um, a lot of guys that just aren't ready or just like retreads that are filling spots until some, um, uh, other players get in that are in the farm system. So it's going to be a long season. And, um, as Brian said, the AL East is really good. Um, so the first series they got swept in Tampa, uh, re- the first game was close. They, they, the Orioles could have won. They strained a lot of guys on base, but, um, the second game, they lost by two runs. And then the last game, they got blown out like 8 0. So uh, Tampa's going to win a lot of games this year, too. Uh, likely make the playoffs. So not really like a terrible sweep, but they did beat the Brewers uh, today 2 0. So I think the Brewers are supposed to be decent. Um, that's a good win. And uh, we'll see. Um, the Orioles, you know, have sucked for a long time, but. Uh, I guess at some point they'll have to turn it around, but maybe not. All right, Tim, I gotta
1: ask you a question. We don't sure. talk about them a lot, and you know about the venom for Daniel Snyder and the Washington football. Over yeah, sure. I've I was an Orioles fan back in the day, and I when I left being a fan base, I said that this team would not win as long as Peter Angelos is the owner. Do you feel that way? You just feel like they're, they're just the organization just can't get out of his own way. Do you think that Peter Angelos is the real issue with this team?
5: Um, I think it's mostly the ownership. And the problem is, too, his son is better, but his son is going to take over and already kind of does. So even when Peter dies, I don't know if it's going to help a ton because now he's really old and pretty much retired. Um, The team now, the problem is – they they're really cheap they have like one of the lowest payrolls and they've never really paid for good scouts or for good uh pitching coaches in the minors so they've never really developed a lot of good starting pitchers and if they did they just traded them too early um so that's hurt because they've either had to pay for them or just had terrible pitching in general so i guess that's the Angelos's fault but I do think they might need to sell the team to win because it's just kind of a cultural thing. But I could see, you know, eventually, like after Peter's gone, they could win if they just get it, you know, the right picks, the right coach. But I'm not, I don't know, like if I could see them winning first or the commanders. That's a like a sad debate. Yeah. <laughs> They have gotten to uh the ALCS or like semifinals more recently. So that's something that the Wizards haven't done either in my lifetime. So it's sad for the DMV teams, but at least Peter Angelos had 3 years where like he got that far, but thanks Buck. But yeah, Buck <laughs> Buck was one of them. So Yeah. But yeah, I mean world series not even into the world series, so that's tough.
2: Uh, I appreciate that. Insight. We haven't ta- we haven't talked about it, but like, do you think that the learners are gonna sell the team?
1: Yeah, I think would. so.
5: Make that money. Yeah,
1: I mean, they're older. You know, they got their dream. They'll bring a championship to it, and you know, maybe they don't want to. They don't have yeah. it. Anymore. They go over the rest of it, and you know, like I said, yeah, get out and get the get the money, and then you know, have their grandkids <laughs> grandkids be all right. Man. Right. Yeah.
0: Well,
2: it, it's I because some people are like, well, maybe it's just a way to get an investment round, so they get other people to go in with them, so they become, like, part owner where they don't, like, give up a 100%, but, like, then they, you know, other people, or if the right deal comes along, they might sell the whole thing, so eventually yeah. see uh, where that goes. Uh, that but... should get,
6: like, a hedge fund billionaire like the Mets got, like, that That would turn the team around completely.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> or, <Good laughs> Yeah, right. Just as long as it's not Dan Snyder, the (laughs) Elon Musk.
1: (laughs) The Mets are still the Mets until they win, so they can have I I would
6: also like to say, I saw a lot of Mets fans like trolling the Nationals because of like, you know, the the rain delays and the power delays this weekend. They're like, oh, it's a poverty franchise. I'm like, the Mets you haven't won the World Series since 1986. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there are
5: uh, this one, this one Mets fan yelled to Scherzer, like, "You're finally with the winners."
1: <laughs> you know on that? No, we're about to end, that I can't believe yeah. that. This man would
6: actually like that.
2: that's pretty great. All right, well, Carol, I, it's been it's been fun. Uh, I like how it was still an hour and a half podcast with you, even though I haven't even gotten to the basketball yeah. talk yet. I thought the whole thing we might fit in the ninety minutes, but I know that it's going to be at least two hours at this point. So. Uh, but well, I'll let you uh, enjoy the rest of uh, this. Is the game over? I mean, it's pretty uh, much fun. We're
1: going to the ninth. They're up 11-1, to one, so yeah, yeah, probably about to watch the, the rest of wrestling. and uh, Yeah, because this game's pretty much done and get ready for tomorrow's game. Uh, appreciate you guys joining. Appreciate you guys checking us out. Season seven underway. Be on the lookout. We got a lot of stuff in the works. Things, is, you know, developing, so appreciate y'all as always. Go check out the website, sportsorthp.com, for all the great podcast partners, for the apparel line, for the hats, T-shirts, banners, uh, pillows, phone covers, whatever you want, we got you covered. Help uh, Support the movement. Uh, if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, come hit me up down, uh Wardoff Honda, 2450 Crane Highway. New credit, bad credit, no credit. Give me a chance to earn your business. I bet you can make it happen. I'll let you guys get ready to get to it. I'm about to get out of here. Make sure you check out at the bar radio next Sunday. Uh, as always, six o'clock. Play the hottest independent music videos, independent artists, breaking down sports, politics, current events, entertainment news. Check us out streaming live Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Just go at, at the bar radio. You'll see us. I'm gonna play some independent music on my feed as I get out of here. Let these guys break down basketball to finish up the show. Appreciate y'all as always, and yeah, always know D.C. sports weather the politics. It's not just a catchphrase. It's not just a motto. It's what we do. Y'all, fellas, y'all have a good rest of the show, and I'll catch you next week.
2: All right. Thank you, Carol. I appreciate it. All right. We'll let Carol go, and uh, they can listen to music on his feed. We're going to bring in uh, Champ real fast as well, Um, and uh, yeah. I think champs there we go cool all right all right so yeah it's 11-1 i think this game is pretty much over um but i will give any scoring updates that we got oh and there's a, a wild has appeared too um so this is great well um i know that uh tim and brian are gonna have to get out of here quickly so i know that we've already gone later than i expected but i'm gonna get them to give their take on uh, the playoffs hold on, let me just uh, switch the graphic around here um and uh let me just uh share the screen get their quick take on the playoff matchups i'll let them get out of here and then arun you and i will break it down a little bit more and then uh arun, champ and i will talk about the end of the wizards season uh to end the show um let me screen share of course i have not set that up correctly hold please uh well while i do that uh arun how are you doing tonight
7: uh, not bad. I was actually watching King Richard and it was pretty funny that there was a slap reference in the first five minutes of that movie. That,
2: that, that's great. I actually really want to see that movie. You think it's a good movie? Is it worth seeing?
7: I don't know if it's um, my relatives visiting, so they just wanted to watch a movie. Otherwise, I think I was going to avoid that movie for a while. But I think it's like okay, not not anything special, but it's a fine movie.
2: I mean, I mean he he won the he won the Academy Award for it, so he must not have sucked too bad. Um, uh, but um, anyway, we'll, we'll we'll leave that one alone. But I, I definitely do want to see that movie. So, uh, did any of the rest of you guys have any of you guys seen it? I know Brian. No.
5: No, it's award-winning, so. Yeah,
2: see. <laughs> yeah so I will say. All right, let's see if my screen share can now work. Uh, like this, does this work? i put the escape button over here. And then it, it does work, that's magic. All right, um, real quick, uh, we're gonna talk about just the play-in uh, games and uh, I'll let uh, Brian and Tim give their take on each one of them. And then after we let them go, I will get uh, Arun's take. And if Champ wants to give his take, he can as well. Um, uh, the first one, we'll talk about the uh, 7-8 matchup in the East, which is the Nets and Cleveland. Uh, the winner of that will take the seven seed uh, and it would play Boston. Uh, the loser of that would play the winner of the 9-10 game. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on uh, Nets versus
6: Cleveland? Yeah, this should be an interesting game. Cleveland was kind of a surprise team all season out of the East. They kind of struggled a little bit towards the end of the season and fell into the play-in. And they're going up against a Brooklyn team uh, that is pretty much fully 100% ready to go. Kevin Durant, obviously, will be good to go. Kyrie Irving is able to play now in every possible game for the Nets. There's no more restrictions for him due to the vaccine mandate. Uh, I can see this being a good game. Jared Allen is going to be out for Cleveland. and He's a huge part uh, of what they do offensively and defensively. He's a great big man for the Cavs. Uh, so I'm probably going to go with the Nets to win this game, but uh, I think it could be a good one.
2: Um, yeah, and Tim, what are your thoughts?
5: Yeah, I agree. I just think it's going to be in Brooklyn, and uh, without Jared Allen, it's going to be – not, you know, as easy for Cleveland um, inside at all. And just with Brooklyn having the full complement of its stars, it's definitely the better team. Um, I think Cleveland might still make the playoffs uh, as the eighth seed, but I don't think they're going to win this game. Uh, I could see it being close, though, but I do think Brooklyn just has too much talent and they'll, they'll pull it off at the end. Right.
2: And, and Brian, do you, do you also – you had the Nets too, right? Yeah, yeah, I had the Nets. Yeah, so between um, Atlanta and uh, Charlotte, what are your thoughts on the 9-10 matchup?
6: Charlotte's another team that kind of started off uh, hot uh, this season and kind of struggled They had some injury problems as the season went on. And Atlanta was in this spot last year. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I think Atlanta's probably going to – I'm going to go with Atlanta to win this game. Uh, I think it'll be a good one. I think it'll be a close one. I'd love to see LaMelo Ball make some noise in the playoffs, this young Hornets team, but I think uh, Atlanta's going to take it.
5: And Tim, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Atlanta will win because they have uh, the home game and they have a really good home advantage. And they have all the experience from last year's playoffs, winning really big games and pressure moments. So I do think that they're probably going to win this game. And um, I do think they have a good chance of also getting into their – Full playoffs, but um, I wouldn't necessarily pick them, uh, in the second game.
2: Um, so who who do you think? All right, uh, in the second game, who do you think the matchup's gonna be, and who do you think is gonna win? I'll start off with you, Brian.
6: Uh, it would be uh, it would be Hawks Cavs, right? Yeah. So I, I think the Cavs are gonna win it.
5: Got it. And Tim,
2: what are your what's your thought?
5: Uh, probably coin toss, but uh, I guess I'll go Cavs because I'll be at home. Yeah. All
2: right. Sounds good. All right. Let's flip to the other side of the bracket real fast. Uh, the 7-8 uh, uh, the matchup is the Timberwolves versus the Clippers. Uh, Brian, what's your thoughts on that one? Yeah.
6: Uh, the Clippers have been playing great in the second half of the season. I think they're red hot right now. Uh, they're healthy at the right time going into the playoffs. Um, Minnesota's been a nice story all season. I think Pat Beverly's done a really nice job kind of galvanizing that locker room. But I think ultimately the Clippers are just going to be a little bit too much for the Timberwolves in this game. So I'm going to go with the Clippers. Sounds good. And Tim, what are your thoughts?
5: Yeah, I mean, I agree just because the Clippers have, you know, a better top top three and just more experience. So I think they'll pull it out. They've really underachieved this year overall, but they're hot at the right time. So I think they can take this game. Minnesota doesn't really have a lot of playoff experience. So even though they're at home, it's going to be tough.
2: Yeah, that would be interesting. All right, we got the New Orleans Pelicans versus uh, the Spurs that took that last spot away from the Lakers. Um, What are your guys' thoughts on this one? I'll start off with Tim this time. We'll flip it up.
5: I mean, honestly, the West was not deep this year. Like, they've been dominant in the NBA for so long, but the East is finally better. And I just think these teams are just not very good. Like, they don't really deserve to be there. But I will say, I think New Orleans is playing a little bit better lately. And I like that they have a chip on their shoulder. Like Zion didn't play. I, I don't think at all. He's no. out of shape. Um, everybody considers that team his team. And they, they put up a decent season without him. And um, they have some good young players. So I do think they'll win this game at home. They're a little bit better than San Antonio.
6: What are your thoughts, Brian? Yeah, I don't think you can ever count out a Greg Popovich coached team. But uh, I agree with what Tim said about the West not being as deep this year. It's honestly it, – the fact that these two teams are in the plane kind of goes to show you how embarrassing it is that the Lakers completely missed the playoffs, honestly. Yeah, I mean, uh, Yeah, like the, these two teams are in and the Lakers didn't. That's pretty crazy. Uh, but I agree. I think New Orleans is playing uh, better basketball right now. Uh, I think that both of the teams from the 7-8 matchup are going to make it. But uh, I think that New Orleans will win this game. Did I hear
2: correctly that that they're not going to follow? Are they going to fire the Lakers coach?
6: They already already fired him. They already fired him.
2: Good. All right. He needed to be. That was gone.
5: Yep. Adios.
2: Yeah. That was an interesting experiment.
5: Um, He won. Didn't he win the championship? Yeah, he won the championship. He did. Yeah. yeah,
6: Last two seasons were awful, though.
2: Yeah, so it, it just makes me think that it had more to do with the scenario in which he was in and like doing it for Kobe and all of what the team really put together more than it was the coach. Um,
5: yeah. yeah, the uh,
2: bubble. Exactly, the, both the bubble and the, the whole scenario of like putting, you know, you know Kobe was, they're trying to win it for Kobe and that, that, that's a whole like momentum driving thing. It reminds me of like Hurricane Katrina, you know, with you know New Orleans. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, some of those, And also a little bit with like Vegas, their amazing season after being, you know, Vegas strong. So you see this across a lot of different sports. Um, All right. Who do you think is going to be in uh, that matchup uh, for the eighth seed? And who do you think is going to win? I think you both thought New Orleans, um, but uh, we'll start off with Tim. Uh, What what do you think about that matchup and who do you think is
5: going to win the eighth seed? Uh, Well, I think it's going to be Minnesota will lose the first game, but win the second, get in as they eat Yeah. And, uh, and I agree.
2: I, I agree. Cool. All right. Sounds good. Um, well, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to stop the screen share just for a second. I'm going to let you guys give your final thoughts uh, before I let you go. Uh, Brian, um, are, are you uh, doing your show this week or. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm
6: planning to do an episode. Uh, I have, uh, I'm off work on Wednesday, so I'm going to try and make some time to record, but if I don't, Uh, I dropped a baseball preview episode that came out this past Friday uh, with my guy, uh, Ethan Winter, a friend of mine who I went to college with. uh, Just previewed the whole baseball season. Um, I think it came out really well. Uh, Took a look at pretty much every division and award winner and who he thinks is going to win the World Series. So uh, go check that out if you get the chance. Um, Other than that, I'll probably have an episode come out sometime this week. Uh, or if not sometime in the near future but yeah yeah thanks for having me on robbie i always appreciate it um you guys have a great rest of your night um
2: yeah sounds good if people want to check out more of uh, the podcast, uh, if you go over to sportsothp.com and you click either the sports, uh, team sports othb it's got uh, Brian's bios. So you can get all of his different podcast links and all of his social links for both his show and for him. But also he's on the podcast partners uh, button as well. Uh, and you can uh, check out upon further review with Brian Brennan. I'm sorry I missed out on uh, winning uh, the bracket, uh, but I think it was a really good, uh, March Madness. Uh, yeah, shout out,
6: it, shout out to Lee for winning. Shout out to Lee Ulico for winning the bracket challenge. Yeah, I him his gift I'm, card I'm, and everything. <laughs>
2: when I last left you off on the last episode, I had a chance to win it all. Yeah. And so did UNC, <laughs> and it collapsed in an utter epic collapse. You can watch me get pretty upset at the end of last week's podcast, and I got even more upset off air. But the um, it's uh, frustrating, but I'm happy UNC beat Duke. It, that for me was the national championship in my mind uh so um but i uh, thank you for doing the bracket challenge as always uh, yeah. i thought it was a really uh, great march madness this year and uh tim any final thoughts before we let you go
5: no just a great show thanks for having me on for baseball talk it was a good uh change and um you know enjoy the rest of the segment
2: yeah thank you i appreciate both you guys so much and yeah uh, have a good one have a good one, guys, and uh, definitely check both of them out on uh, the podcast partners uh, page and also on uh, Team Sports OTHP because uh, we got lots of their links, including if you want to follow Tim on any of his socials as well. So, uh, and then there were two uh, Arun. I'm going to get your quick take on it. I'm going to ask Champ real fast. I know he's might be watching wrestling. Do you want to give your take on the playoff matchups, or do you want to just leave it with Arun?
7: Leave it with. Uh, me. Oh.
4: I'll leave it with a rune. Um, like I said, like I said earlier on, I'm not really that invested in the playoffs. Um, I was only invested last year because the Wizards were in it, but I'm not really invested in the playoffs and things like that. Though it looks like it's going to be very interesting. I may try to catch a game or two, but my 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 investment level is just not there when my team is not in it that's just how i am with all sports if my team's not in the playoffs i'm not fully invested and in, and in things like that but i will try to catch maybe a game or two just to see how it looks and if if it catches me then maybe i might be like okay you know what maybe i should watch but we'll see but i'll leave it to up to a room
2: all right that sounds good we'll uh, bring you back in at the very end we'll do a uh a quick little recap of the last week for the Wizards and our overall takeaways on, on the season to end uh, the show. Arun, we're going to bring up the um, uh, the screen share again, just so people can see the bracket. And uh, I'll ask you pretty much the same questions that I asked uh, uh, Tim and Brian just a minute ago, but um, uh, your take on the 9-10 matchup between the Hornets and um, the uh, Atlanta.
7: Well, Atlanta... With, they reached the conference finals last year and they did it um, predominantly on the road. So I think they definitely have the experience. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, the Hornets really young players, Lamella Ball, um, who's actually yeah, lived up to the hype on like Lonzo Ball solid, but I think Lamella Ball is, uh, he made the all-star team this year. Miles Bridges in line for most improved player of the year. So I think I'm going with the Hawks for, because of the experience Although they've been kind of a mess this season, they did finish as the number nine seed. They're without John Collins, but just Trey Young, he's been a killer in the post-season, including that Knicks series and against the Sixers. So for now, I'm just going to pick the Hawks, but a Hornets win wouldn't surprise me either.
2: Um, that'd be crazy if the Hawks get like eliminated, you know, in the in this play-in when they you did so well last year. It would be uh, sort of really interesting. Uh, and then the Nets and uh, the Cavaliers, what are your thoughts on that matchup?
7: Yeah, um, I think the the Nets should win, although I, just like last week, a couple of days ago, the Nets and the Cavs played and the Cavs were actually winning through three quarters, but then the Nets simply took care of the Cavs, outscored them by um, 16 points, even though the Cavs had a lead. Um, they mentioned that uh, Jared Allen's not going to be available. Uh The Nets don't play really good defense, but I think with Durant and Irving, they should have enough to get it done. But given the way this season has gone, if you said before the season that the Nets be a number seven seed, people would have thought you were like a little bit crazy. But it's just been that kind of season for the Nets, given that Kyrie um, missed a lot of games due to vaccination. James Harden is now traded. They won't have Ben Simmons likely in this game, the Nets. uh, And uh, Seth Curry is also banged up. So, um, I would potentially pick the Cavs here, but given the Cavs also are um, dealing with a lot of injuries, I think the Nets should beat the Cavs.
2: And then in the, in the potential, what do you think will be the uh, the eight nine matchup for the other play in? Uh, so you, uh, um, I
7: actually disagree with Tim and Brian. I think the Cavs are probably the worst team out of the the four these four teams. I would probably pick the Hawks or the Hornets over the Cavs. Just because of all the injuries, the Cavs were dealing with. They were they had a really hot start to the season. They were the number four seed, but they're not playing like a top one of the top eight um, or ten teams in the East um, since that hot start. I'd actually go with the Hawks over the Cavs
2: or or the Hornets. Yeah, all right, yeah. interesting um some interesting matchups though the 4-5 Toronto would be the 76ers versus Toronto and the 6-3 matchup uh between the the, uh, Bulls and the Bucks uh talk about some of those matchups uh because those are set in stone I know that the eight seed whatever ends up being that in this tournament will play the uh, the one which is the Heat and the other team will play the Celtics but what are your thoughts on the two matchups that have already been set
7: um yeah I think the the Sixers, Raptors, it's a really interesting series. Uh, actually, these two teams played in twenty the 2019 class in a seven-game series that came down to Kawhi Leonard bouncing uh, double or triple bounce off the rim. And now these teams are like, the Sixers are kind of similar, but they've, they got rid of Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, and the Raptors. I think Siakam is the only starter that remains on that team, so like they have Onobi, but he was injured that year in 2019. And Thibault, um, the Sixers, they have a player who got one vaccination, but he's going to not be ineligible to play in um, the games in Toronto since they require full vaccination. So that's something to look out for. I think the Sixers should win given that they have James Harden. Um, but Nick Nurse is a terrific head coach, reportedly the Lakers – are trying to get Nick Nurse, although I don't really think Nick Nurse would leave Toronto, um, given that Masai is a much better GM than Rob Palenka. And the Raptors were, they had the number four pick, and they picked Scotty Barnes, and he's propelled them all the way. And they're one of the best defensive teams. This is a a series the Sixers should win, although um, with Doc Rivers having blown consecutive 3-1, um, series leads with different teams. You can't take this series for granted, but I'm going with the 76ers.
2: The Braves just unfortunately scored a run in the bottom of the ninth. They now have two on, one out. It's 11 to two. I'm still going to project a victory here. Um, but um, the, uh, what, what you thought about the Bulls um, uh, versus the Deer, it's, it's interesting. This is such like a big time matchup rivalry that's kind of grown and it's kind of cool to see it. In the first round, what are, what are your thoughts on this one?
7: Yeah, I believe the Bulls and the Bucks—they played, I believe it was like um, five years ago. Um, Giannis and the Bulls—I believe, um, Mike Dunleavy, um, and Giannis got into it, and um, Giannis clothesline Dunleavy, and I guess that can add to the rivalry. And the at that time, the Bucks were just like the young, up and coming team, and the Bulls had. Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler and Don Levy. And now like the roles have kind of reversed a bit, um, with the Bucks being the reigning champions, um, the Bulls have DeMar DeRozan, who has actually battled in the playoffs against Giannis. Um, but other than that, um, most of these Bulls players, this is the first time they've been um, in the playoffs. Uh, Alonzo Ball, um, Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine, I I believe he made one year with the Timberwolves, but he's had limited experience. And of course, Caruso has experience with the Lakers. I think the Bucs should probably win the series in five games. And it It'll surprise me if it goes on much longer than that, given that the Bulls have been kind of struggling. Although DeMar DeRozan is having the best season of his career and he's an all-star, but I think the Bucs, as the defending champions, they should um, win this series, even though they've been kind of disappointing as a number three seed, but I think they'll take care of the Bulls.
2: Yeah. Um, Let's switch over to the other side of the bracket real quickly. What are your thoughts on the New Orleans uh, versus San Antonio matchup?
7: Um, I guess I'm rooting for the Spurs just to win this game uh, because then the Wizards will have better uh, playoff odds potentially if the Spurs actually win both their playing games. But I kind of agree with what Brian and Tim said. The Pelicans have actually been playing really well since they traded for C.J. McCollum. They've actually been playing like a playoff team, I would say, and um, the first half of the season they were not because they haven't had Zion Williamson, but since they've acquired C.J. McCollum, um, trading a couple firsts and Josh Hart for him, they they actually look like a legitimate team, and I think they should beat the Spurs, but this is Popovich's last year, so a Spurs win wouldn't surprise me either, but I'm going to go with the Pelicans.
2: Got it. Yeah. I, I, I think it's just cause it's pop. I'm going to pick the Spurs in that one, but I agree. I think the Orleans is the better team and pop hasn't really had to deal with this young core before. Like he's always had this sort of veteran leadership that he passes on through the ages. And, um, uh, it's such a different situation for him now. Uh, what are your thoughts on the seven, eight matchup uh, between the Clippers and the Timberwolves?
7: Yeah, the Timberwolves have been, uh, playing pretty well like much better than i thought they would even though the wizards actually just blew them out by 18 points out uh, randomly the wolves have actually carl anthony towns will probably make an all nba team um d'angelo russell has been much better than i thought he was and they think they have some veteran leadership with patrick beverly who's actually going against his former team and the clippers who traded him so that's something to look out for um even though i think most people are picking the clippers i including me the Timberwolves do have a shot just because of that revenge factor with Patrick Beverly going against his team. He probably not going to tell um, everyone what the um, Clippers game plan is going to be. Um, I'm not sure exactly if Kawhi Leonard is coming back in this one. I don't think so, but Paul George has been playing um, towards the end of this um, regular season. So I think just talent wise, and given that, like the Hawks, they're in the they were in the conference championship game just last year, even without Kawhi Leonard. I think the Clippers, with all their playoff experience, should win this game.
2: And then, uh, who do you think could be the uh, the the consolation matchup, and who do you think is going to win that last spot?
7: It'll be uh, Timberwolves, Pelicans, and I'm hoping it's the Spurs, but I think. Um, I'm gonna say the Timberwolves are gonna uh, beat the Pelicans, even though that should actually probably be a really good game. That's probably a toss-up, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I think it'd be a great matchup with either the Spurs or the Pelicans. I hope Popovich gets in. Uh, that'd be kind of fun for him to sneak into that eight spot uh, and play the Suns, just 'cause you know it, it brings back these old you know West Coast uh, matchups. Of, uh, just be so different than anything we'd seen before. Let's get into the two matchups that we know that are set uh, again, the two seed, um, which would play the the winner of the seven, eight matchup um, is um, uh, the Grizzlies. And the number one seed is the Suns. So they'll play uh, the winner of that consolation game, but we know Dallas is going to be playing the jazz. What are your thoughts on them? That matchup.
7: um Yeah. I would pick Dallas confidently, except that Luca just suffered an injury and he's in the process of getting an MRI. So that's, if Luca's out the series at all, then I think the jazz will win. But if Luca's even like 90%, then the Mavericks should take care of the jazz. The jazz have been kind of out of sorts chemistry wise. They keep blowing big leads. They actually lost to the Knicks. This, I believe they were up like double digits and they blew a lead and they, I believe they've blown five 16 point leads in the fourth quarter or something crazy. I don't know what the exact stat is, but they've been choking away a lot of games. I actually picked the jazz to do really well this season in the playoffs. I don't feel as comfortable with that. Um, even though they played really well last year in the postseason. season, they um, lost in game seven to the Clippers. Um, they just, doesn't seem like it's their year and they probably just have to go back to the drawing board. Um, I'm going to pick the Mavericks provided Luca's healthy.
2: Yeah, that makes some sense. Uh, I'll just say that the nationals did end up winning by a score of 11 to two. Uh, so a great big win, uh, down in Atlanta. Uh, all right. The other matchup, um, uh, the, uh, golden state, um, warriors, uh, now for the first time, Uh, in San Francisco in the playoffs in a very, very long time are playing uh, the Nuggets. Uh, What are your thoughts on this matchup, Aaron?
7: Another series where injuries are going to be um, looked at because Steph Curry hasn't been played towards the end of this regular season and he's going to make his return against the Nuggets. Klay Thompson and Draymond Green and um, Steph Curry have only played two games together in the last, since 2019 since clay Thompson suffered his ACL injury. Um, but they should beat the Nuggets, even though Nik- Nikola Jokic will give the the Warriors a lot of problems. Um, the Warriors don't really have that many centers to throw at Jokic. It's just Draymond Green and kevon Looney. And other than that, it's gonna be um Jokic is gonna feast probably. Um he's probably gonna win MVP this year. Um, it's between him and Bede and. Uh, Giannis. So, but I think the Warriors just have more talent than the Nuggets or without, they don't have Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter Jr. So I think the Warriors should probably beat the Nuggets in five or six games. Yeah.
2: Sounds good. Well, next week I am taking the week off. um, So I don't know if you guys are going to be joining Carol to break down the NBA, but most likely I will probably come back in two weeks and do a segment where uh, we'll take a look at some of these first round matchups in progress, or maybe some of them might even be uh, finished by then uh, and give a sense as the playoffs uh, continue on. Um, and we can sort of highlight that. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll be a weekly segment or every other weekly segment, but we'll, we'll talk about that, but it is uh, a wizard show first and foremost. So um, before we you know kind of end uh, I, I do want to talk about the wizards for a few minutes. I'm going to switch up our, our graphics real fast over here. And uh, we'll talk about these last four games. We're going to bring champ in. Uh, I'm not going to get too far into each one of them. I'll let each one of you guys talk about a a game or two, if you'd like to. Um, And then just our overall thoughts on the wizards season uh, as it's now come to a close, Uh, the final standings in the Eastern conference Uh, Right here. So we've been talking about these teams. Uh, The Knicks did beat us out for the 11th seed. So congratulations. They ended on a a two-game win streak. Uh, We ended on a three-game losing streak, but we weren't able to uh, get past uh, the Lakers here. Um, Even though they won two and we lost three, we still weren't able to get below them uh, in the standings. uh, But we were able to get the 12th seed uh, here. Um, But let's get into... The game's real fast. Uh, we were talking about it. They blew out the Timberwolves in like a really crazy game uh, where they were able to put up 35, 32, 34, and 31 points. Uh, and we've talked about it before. If you can score over 30 points in every quarter, you're probably going to win the game. Um, so, uh, impressive uh, performance uh, in Minnesota. Uh, and then, the um, unfortunately, they lose the next game. It's a back-to-back. This game is in Atlanta. Um, uh, just They allowed 40 points in the first quarter, and we just weren't able to fully recover. Also, we only scored 18 in the third and 20 in the fourth, uh, which isn't going to be enough to overcome an early deficit. Um, the... Uh, oh, why did this flip out? There you go. Uh, The next game is against the Knicks. I'm sure Brian is somewhere happy uh, to know that the Knicks were able to outscore them 36 to 19 in the second quarter and 35 to 22 in the third, uh, which is just too much uh, to overcome. The Wizards had a pretty decent first quarter and the fourth quarter was tied at 20, uh, but overall ultimately leads to a big Knicks win in Washington. And then the last game is against the Hornets. Uh, They allowed 30 points in three quarters, uh, they didn't score 30 points in any quarter. Uh, that is a uh, not a recipe for success in in this matchup. But I'll start off with you, champ, uh, who's been waiting patiently as we break down the playoffs. Uh, do you want to break down any of these games in particular, or, or or what are some of your thoughts?
4: Well, it's it's crazy because I said on last week's podcast that. They had to win that Timberwolves game. And not only did they go out and win that Timberwolves game, they ran away with it. Like they were down three at the end of the first quarter, but then they just ran away with it after that. So that was a statement win for them, but it really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Normally, I would be sitting here smoking a cigar and talking Wizards Talk with you guys that are watching and listening. But That cigar was just like the Wizards season. It started off really good and promising, but it was disappointing throughout the rest of the way. Very much so. And that is what we have here with this Wizards team. They started off so hot, it was so good. It looked like they were going to be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. And then somewhere along the line, it just went wrong. And then they end the season on a whimper. It like it seemed like they just gave up. They get blown out by the Hawks. They get blown out by the Knicks. They get blown out by the Hornets. By the way, two of those three teams that they got blown out by are playoff teams. One of them is not. So it's very clear that this Wizards team, they got to do something in the offseason to make it so that when it comes to the 2022 to 2023 season, they are world beaters and they can be the best in the East but this team here was so lost after that great start they were so lost then they lose Bradley Beal to a a season and injury coach Unsell first year as a head coach trying to figure out rotations and things like that hopefully next season they figure it out coach Unsell figures out rotations he'll have back Beal most likely he'll have uh Porzingis, he'll have a lot of pieces, and he'll be able to figure everything out, and this team should be better because Porzingis, when he joined this team and finally was playing, he played very, very well. So clearly he's a very important piece of this puzzle, but they got to figure it out, and hopefully they figure it out in the off season so that next season we're not sitting here watching the playoffs uh, in the spring and actually being in the playoffs in the spring.
2: Yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask a couple of quick follow-up questions, and then I'll get Arun's take on the end of the season. So uh, you believe in the coach? You think that he deserves more years to try to figure this out, I assume? Absolutely.
4: Look, I get it. We're in, we are in a sporting market where they're, they're part of the microwave era. They want that gratification right now. And if they don't get it right now, they want someone else to come in and do it right now. I believe that Coach Unsell, who was a former defensive coach before coming here to Washington, can get it together and bring the pieces together to not only have a team that plays very strong defense, but can also score on the other end. So absolutely, I believe that Coach Unsell is the answer for this team when it comes to this team being successful. We just have to give him time. Let's not be like, oh, first year, You know, we start off strong and then we crap the bed and we're out of the playoffs fire him now no give him give him I give him. I would give him at least three years so not after this year, I would give him another two, three years and if nothing improves and we continue to be like this, then i'm like get him out the door. But I would like to give him at least another two to three seasons to turn it around and see what happens before i'm ready to like get the pitchforks and and stakes out and run him out of town that's just me. But, but I don't know
2: about anybody else. A couple of follow-up questions on that, and then I, 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 I'm going to want to take on all of it. But, um, So do you think the team, as it's currently constructed, we have the right players, we just haven't found the right balance yet? Or do you think we need to make some moves and trade some of these pieces, get different pieces in there? What are your thoughts on the players as it's currently constructed?
4: It's – oh, man, it's really hard to say because – in in this day and age, you can sit and say, oh, I think we have the pieces and just go from there, but then you put it all out on the court and then it may not be that. So it's really hard to say. I mean, they went out and they got Chris Porzingis and that big contract and they're looking at Bradley Beal and a possible extension for him. So, you know, the GM that we have is clearly, been, is clearly a very good GM because he's one executive of the year. So clearly he knows what he's doing there. So he's going to figure it out when it comes to what, to what players needs to be on this team and be out there to make us better and make us a contender. And it takes, it's going to come up to Coach Unsell to make sure that whatever pieces that this GM gets into, this, into that stadium He's gonna have to put out there to make sure that they work so honestly right now I feel like I feel like they have some very good pieces on on this team, but only time will tell if things need to change. Or if things are fine, and they just need time to develop and to mold together, because that's the thing about a team sport is that you need time to meld together and to grow together and to become an actual legit team. And, you know, things can't don't happen overnight. It's a process. And I know it's a cliche term, but you got to trust the process. And that's what I'm doing as a fan of this team is trusting the process and see where it goes.
2: Yeah. All right, Arun, it's a lot to unpack. I'm going to talk about the season in general first with you, and then we'll go back to if you want to talk about any of the games. But some of those questions about do you believe in the coach? How many years would you believe in him for? And then also talk a little bit about the the foundations and the construction of this current team and whether or not you would make some changes.
7: Um, I think it's a big inflection point in the team, not so much as for Wes Unsell Jr., but Bradley Beal is an unrestricted free agent. I would give West Sunsult Jr probably um another year or two um if this year goes like the second half of last season then I would probably um look to another head coach even though West Sunsult Jr is pretty well respected among players including the um last year's MVP Nikola Jokic who was where um West Unseld Jr coach but um I think the second half of the season can also just be um, including the part where Bradley Beale was there, it just seemed like the pieces weren't fitting together. I would have liked to see all the healthy pieces with Porzingis and Saturadsky. It seemed like Dinwiddie and Beale just didn't get along for whatever the reason. And um both um Dinwiddie has been much better in Dallas. And but I think it just wasn't going to be a good fit with Bradley Beale. And I think the big thing is should they bring back Beal he's gotten significantly worse i think that's the big reason why this team hasn't been as good and he's going to make probably 45 to 50 million dollars a year um it may not be a mistake to just to sign Beals in order to trade him but that's probably just a long term question for this team do they start rebuilding um can Bradley Beal be the best player on a championship contending team or do the wizards um just um try to rebuild without him and it'll be an interesting decision to see what happens i think they'll probably re-sign bill and do they try to do a win move now do they trade their lottery pick for a point guard? do they bring back john wall on the buyout market because i think that's the clear weakness of this team is um ish smith and satyranski are pretty nice point guards but they probably need a better point guard to lead the team they probably you miss do
2: you, you think John Wall at this point could even be a better point guard than that with all No, I targets? don't even
7: think so. Like that that's just one of the options. I would probably not re-sign John Wall. I don't think he would probably be like a 20 minute kind of um minute player. Like I don't think he would be like he I don't know if he would be able to take a back seat to Bradley Beal. That's probably the big thing. Um so and I don't know if Bradley Beal even wants him back probably the more interesting thing would be if they, I wouldn't even want to bring Russell Westbrook back. So they probably just need to find another point guard in the draft, but I don't know if the wizards are going to have the patience to do that.
2: Yeah. Do you have any game of these four you want to break down or you think we can leave it at that?
7: Um, it was nice that they got a win against the Timberwolves in a blowout fashion, but um, I guess Brian's going to be happy about that win against the wizards, but uh, the Wizards did re- rest uh, KCP and Porzingis. I think the Wizards at that point had just given up on the season and they're playing for lottery uh, picks. And now they have a fourteen percent chance at a top four pick, while the Knicks have seven percent chance at a top four picks. Um, it's too bad the Wizards, while they were eliminated from the playoffs, and um, try to tank a few more games, but it is what it is. And hopefully, I think Tommy Shepard has done really well with this team. It's just drafting he hasn't hit one draft pick out of the ballpark they're really solid values in Rui and Denny but he hasn't really drafted like an all-star caliber player so I would actually think about I would give him probably one more year um, and just maybe he just does the trades but as far as drafting I would probably prefer another GM to be honest with
0: yeah
2: that makes sense all right I'm gonna stop the screen share there well thank you guys for breaking down through the end of, of a tough season and um and i know um you know champ I, I don't know do you talk do you talk baseball do you do you want to talk baseball in the baseball segment uh it's fine I to can, say no i mean it's,
4: up to if, you. it's it's crazy because you know i was a baseball player in high school so i should be you know following baseball and stuff like that i I'm gonna say maybe, maybe. I'm That's gonna say of,
2: maybe, maybe yeah. you take a break, whatever you want to do, because I know if, I don't want to make you talk playoff games if you don't want to watch them as well. So, but I appreciate you coming on the show, whenever you have the opportunity. But uh, I'll leave it up to you um, when there when there's uh, stuff you want to talk about, and there's never any pressure on that end. But I know that Rune Absolutely. does talk a little bit of baseball with us. Uh, he did last season, uh, and I think we will talk about the playoffs uh, as they go on. I, I'm not sure how next week will go uh, with, uh, with Carol, but uh, I'll let him figure that out while I'm on vacation. So no show if you're watching live on Twitch next week here, but, uh, and there won't be a show. Uh, the zoom feed won't be on the fa- on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash sports but it will be on Carol's page. Um, he'll do it on his, also on his uh, YouTube channel. And so you can catch all of that. And all the links at support dot uh But before we go, I know, champ, you're on a bit of a hiatus uh, from your podcast. But uh, is there any, like, breaking wrestling news you you want to get off your chest or anything uh, you want to talk about and let people know when season four will begin with you?
4: Yes, well, uh, Japanese wrestling legend uh, Shinjiro Otani uh, sent out prayers to him. He suffered a severe spinal injury uh, during a wrestling match at a zero one event over the weekend where he took a German suplex into the turnbuckles. And even though he was responsive, he couldn't move his limbs. Fans had to be escorted out of the building so he could be stretchered out of the building. Uh, really scary scene. So, you know, prayers to, to him. He's a, he's a legend in Japan when it comes to wrestling uh, much prayers to him. And, uh, and yes, we are on a hiatus from, Uh, doing live podcasts and a new podcast because we are going into season four of the weekly wrestling podcast uh, beginning on April the 30th. But we will be streaming live on Twitch on April the 23rd. Myself and Sith will be live stream reacting to Impact Wrestling's Rebellion pay-per-view, which is one of their big four pay-per-views. So we will be live stream reacting to that with the main event being Moose defending the Impact World Championship against Josh Alexander, plus a couple of other championship matches. We got that on tap for you, but we will be back with the weekly wrestling podcast original episodes for season four on April 30th. But you can check out the podcast partners button on sportsothp.com to listen to the archives of previous episodes, including our season finale, where we recap this past weekend's WrestleMania weekend events, including NXT Stand and Deliver and both nights of WrestleMania, plus all the fallout, from Wrestlemania weekend this past week in wrestling plus I kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent because a current hall of famer got in trouble with the law again by driving under the influence with no license and she killed somebody so I went off on a tangent on that so make sure yes. you check that out and things like that but that's all I have
2: no that's uh that's a lot to write down so yeah definitely go check it out in the podcast partners button uh no spots podcast you can see the graphic on the screen right now also uh on the uh podcast partners uh or sorry the team sports othp link uh, you can click all the links and, and you got all of champs social medias uh for his show and f- for him and, and all that stuff too so uh, lots of stuff to get through there champ i appreciate you modding and being a part of the show and uh i'll let you go there i'm going to ask arun uh, one final question about march madness before we uh, head off but uh, champ thank you as always
4: thank you thank you for having me i'll see you guys in a week or two,
2: all right sounds good all right uh Arun, it is heartbreaking for both of us so we neither uh of us got we got final four appearances uh, and uh, I got a win over duke, but ultimately um it was an epic collapse by u n c in that game i uh, yeah, I don't want to break it down for too long, but it was such a historic loss but I still think it was such a great tournament for UNC and a great tournament overall, but what were your thoughts, sort of a takeaway from the championship, but also uh, just your overall takeaway from March Madness?
7: Yeah. North Carolina clearly wasn't a number eight seed, um, even though, I don't know, they probably should have taken account that last win over Duke uh, that they should have been seated higher, but they played really well. They knocked out Duke. It just maybe felt like they ran out of gas in that second half and Kansas they just look like I mean the Villanova game, and even leading up to it, like they look like a really good team. I think people may have underestimated Kansas given that they don't have a lot of top end m b a talent, but they seem to have a lot of they have a three and d shooters, they have a pretty capable big man, and they kind of reminded me just like of that two thousand eight Kansas Memphis game where Kansas was down by eight points with I believe like two minutes to go, and they came back and tied that game this um bill self-quoted we're only down 15 with 20 minutes to go and we were down eight in 2008 so they got it done um north carolina also the big man was dealing with an injury somebody threw up um in the second half it just wasn't their year but just getting to the final four is a great year um as for villanova i think i expected them to lose given they had an injury but It's probably more disappointing for North Carolina given that they look like they have like a really talented team, probably as talented as Kansas, but it just seems like it was Kansas's year.
2: I just don't feel like the depth for UNC was there. Their top five are great, but they just they have to play so many minutes. And uh Kansas is so strong that it's it's just hard for me just over the course of the 40 minutes, it just wears a team down. And that's kind of what you saw in the end. They just didn't have the legs to to stick with it but it's still close the very end i mean it was a tie game and then they had to make that three and um just and what was crazy is unc had an opportunity at the end with four seconds left when they stepped out of bounds and um yeah it it was a, a great game a great championship that duke unc game will go down as one of my favorite games of all time even for me it's like almost like winning a championship like for them to knock out You know, coach k twice uh in this season uh for me was incredible but um overall just a great march madness i was so close i predicted the right finals just not the right winner and i thought yeah even when i was picking the bracket maybe i should pick kansas here but i was like no i've gone with my heart the whole way through let's just stick it out and uh but uh, i probably would have won the whole entire bracket challenge if i had picked uh kansas there so uh, but it was close. Um, any final thoughts about March Madness before uh, we wrap up?
7: Yeah, I guess the one uh, grace is that Duke didn't lose to losing, didn't lose to the eventual national champion. So that's the only positive, I guess, for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, um, but I'm I'm happy that UNC was able to win uh, win their region and then uh, win that battle, which I think is so legendary. It was the first time they'd ever played each other. Uh, in March Madness so that was great well thank you Arun, for helping me break down all the March Madness throughout uh, this uh, season and uh, we'll definitely have you uh, back on not sure if you'll talk baseball basketball with uh, Carol next week but I know in a couple weeks uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about these uh, NBA playoffs uh, as we uh, gear up for that anything you want to shout out or let people know before we head out of here
7: yeah I need to get back into the podcasting then I'll Uh, shout out the podcast and then um prayers to Dwayne Haskins unfortunate that he died um didn't expect that it still doesn't feel real to me and it's unfortunate that uh that's the way he died and just it shows that you can't take life for granted and um hopefully his family and his friends are doing well with this tragedy
2: yeah for sure all right I think um, I am going to take our audience on a raid. I think it's that time. Um, I just want to end our little uh, podcast over on Facebook. I appreciate everyone for tuning in over there. Uh, the raid will happen on Twitch, obviously. But uh, thank you for listening to the audio podcast. Thanks for all of the contributors tonight, whether it be Arun, um, or Champ, or anyone, anyway, Tim and Brian and Anna, and of course Carol. Uh, so um it was been a fun night it's we've gone way over time as happens on this show uh next week i won't be live on twitch you can find the podcast over on carol's facebook page Facebook.com um slash I don't, i'm trying to remember carol's facebook page but if you just go to sports.thb.com and click the socials button you can get carol's facebook page from there or on his youtube channel as well uh the links for both of them uh, it can be found there for next week's podcast but I really appreciate everyone uh for tuning in on Facebook and we'll uh talk to you guys next week over there let me end that uh pause recording and uh